time to ham up. Oh my god, I really try hard. Shut it down! Somehow it's the best. After the credits. A Yum Chunks podcast. Yum Chunks! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to episode 32 of After the Credits, a Yum Chunks podcast. I am Matt Chewy. With us here tonight, we have Vince Rizzo. How are you doing tonight? Excellent. Thank you, Matt. Good to hear. We also have Chris Schmidt. What's going on with you, Chris? Hello, gentlemen. Hey, Sean. How's it going, Sean? (laughs) I could do this all day. Oh, well, we only have, uh, you know... We only have a couple hours. <laughs> Much longer than we should have. So, uh, Chewy, am I allowed to say that's America's hindquarters? You are. Yes. Okay, good. But save it Save it for when the time is right. <laughs> okay. You'll know when that time is. You only get one. Everybody gets one. <laughs> All right. Um, well, tonight we're talking about, uh, what, what did we call it? Uh, Avengers, uh, Avengers game? Avenger- Avengers. En- Avengers. Avengers Avenger game. Good, Ender's <laughs> Avengers game. Uh, yes, Avengers Endgame, the big culmination of 22 Marvel movies. Finally, it's done with. Um, we'll talk about that later, but until we do that, let's play a game called The Chunk Fire Stories, where we ask... I just love Chris- that. <laughs> it's still that name, we're still going with it. <laughs> what, this is what, the third or fourth time we've used that yeah, name, right? I think it's it's, it's a pattern it. now. It's, it's solidified. Now, yeah. It's it's The Chunk Fire Stories the game where we ask Chris Schmidt, hey, how you been? Uh, I've been good. Thanks for asking. And I have not done much but work. Hey, Vince, how you been? <laughs> oh, no. Hey. Vince no, that's not. No, good. Chris has to do. He's got to do at least one Give thing. Give us one little. One nugget. thing, Chris. Give us a little story, Chris. <laughs> Vince, we'll come back to you. Fire. Gathered around the fire, huh? The chunk fire. Yeah, we made Vince build it. I mean, I've done... <laughs> I haven't really watched anything recently other than this movie thing that we're about to talk about. I've just been busy. It's uh, approaching E3 time at work, so it's time to time to oh, get yeah. ready. Well, tell me this. How's how's your dog? How's your puppy? Uh, he's alive. I, I consider that a small victory. Um, <laughs> a small victory? I guess. <laughs> Chris, I was expecting a lot more, a lot more from that question. I'm just disappointed. He kept an animal alive, guys. This is a big step. For he's, he's great. Wow. He's grown big. Uh, we have a DNA test because we're now doubting that he's 100% corgi. But we love him all the same, regardless of what the results are. Aww. Are you really? That's is so that really... of you guys. Yeah. No, but that's like a real thing that you're choosing to do with your life? Yes. <laughs> I, 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 well, I wasn't expecting it to turn so harsh. Wow. So judgmental, Vince. Oh, I support Vince, your decision. Vince, how are you doing? Because that was really aggressive. <laughs> Is everything all right? Tell us, tell us where just, this anger is coming from. I've never heard of that. Vince, you're speaking from a place I of anger. Where's this anger coming that. from? Vince. No, for I, real. How's I it took going? a DNA test. It turns out I'm not 100% corgi either. That's all right. You got a little bit of a. I'm sorry. You know, oh. Jack Spaniard. Jack Sparrow. Color me you got surprised. a little Jack Sparrow in you. Hey. Hey. N- not since my trip to Singapore, do I? I? I don't want to talk about that. Anyway, so what I did when I was talking to you last was I've done nothing at all. Except that's not true. I've actually been preparing really hard for a, a disc golf tournament that I have this weekend. 
And <laughs> other than working at Costco, that's all I've been doing nonstop is pretty much practicing for that. It's going to be sweet. Oh, it's coming up? It's it hasn't like, happened yet? Yeah, it's coming. Oh. starts on uh, on Friday. And it's gonna it's a huge tournament, biggest one in San Diego. There's gonna be like whole camera crew uh, walking around filming everything, and it's gonna be oh, that's quite cool. An event. Are Sounds all the fun. big uh, disc golf stars gonna be there? Dusty, a lot of them. Dusty McWarren, uh, Snauzer, Smith. Yeah, you're gonna have um, Smickles McFlanker <laughs> and um, he's gonna be Wonky. Wow. It's big. Yeah, and Wonky McGee, he'll be there. <laughs> I can't. Wonky's got a mean spin. Lion, lion forest <laughs> but, yeah. good that's that, what i'm doing that's what i'm preparing for that's a, that sounds great that sounds fantastic i wish you the best of luck thank you but you're very skilled at such a sport so you most likely will not need it go forth my son I can you'll donate luck, all the proceeds honest, they're all really good yum chunks Excellent. I'll donate to the to the Corgi DNA fund <laughs> to make sure all of our Corgis are 100 Corgi. It's already been paid all up front, so just get just give make me the sure money. That we're all one spare one thousand dollars. Give me one thousand dollars. You splice in some frog DNA into that Corgi. That's always not 100. Oh man, life finds right. a way. I don't know where to go with that. I was trying to make a Jurassic Park reference, but I got nothing. Not everything you say needs to be a Jurassic Park reference. That's it's okay. I'm pretty, who it's says that? I we'll think s- it, still it like very it. much has to be. Okay, thanks, God. I was worried. Okay. All right. Sean! <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for Vince to ask somebody how Vince, they did. Part of the responsibilities oh. of Chunk Fire Stories is you passing on. Do you know how Chunk Fire Stories works? <laughs> this, is, this is what you do next. Sorry, guys. That was the corgi part of me. Oh, I see. Just right. chaos. Hey, Sean. Hey, Vince, what's hey, up? Hey, Sean. I'm passing you a story in this old chunk fire. <laughs> Give it to me. <laughs> Never say any of that again. <laughs> I'm just so good at what we do. <laughs> well, I'm going to ignore the intro to me talking and just go with it. Well, I'm back in um, Southern California after my glamorous trip to Arkansas. What was uh, that, wow. three weeks, I think you said it was three weeks? Yeah, I was there about three weeks. So we finished a movie. Wow. It's right. the next entry in the cinematic, <clears throat> Marvel Cinematic Universe. You could, it, I worked on it. Nice. Oh, good. I believe you. <laughs> good. Don't question it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so finished the film. And that was, he talked a little bit about it last time. But yeah, that was a crazy experience. Um, super, like fun and stressful but just like yeah uh can't say i've done anything like it so that was great and had a lot of fun stories and met a lot of fun people and gotta be in a southern town in the middle of arkansas which was great and everyone there is like really friendly but you kind of we i kind of got the both worlds of like the small town being there being exposed to like Hollywood-ish, even though we weren't really like big wigs, but you know, mm-hmm. we're from Hollywood. So there were the people who were just like trying to like take advantage of us, and then the people who were just like really starstruck and excited that we we're there, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I, I think so. Culture shock about Yeah. Maybe. And there's there's just like lots of people, um a lo- couple local stories got out that there we were filming at the hospital there and so the last couple of days there would be like people driving around the parking lot trying to see us film or trying to get in and 
just like teenage boys in the car. Are you guys all filming a movie up in there? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not trying to sound like, you know, derogatory. That's what they're saying. Is there any celebrities up there? Is, is David Arquette up there? Because David Arquette's in the movie. But, and just like, can we, can we meet them? Can we, and just like trying to politely like, well, we're filming right now. We can't have you like that kind of thing. But it was, there was really sweet. And it was just like, you know, you know, kids. And then mm-hmm. the second to last day, we had a rap party um, at a roller rink, skating rink in town. We rented out the rink, and the and the like family who owned the rink, they were really nice. But again, they were just like you know, ooh, big big Hollywood people coming in. Even though none of us were recognizable, but when we <laughs> came in, the kid, one of the kids, teenage boy, he had. A copy of the PS3 game Dead Island uh-huh. oh. has nothing to do with anything, but he wanted everyone on the crew, again, no one recognizable or famous or no one, to sign his copy of Dead Island because he couldn't find anything else for us to sign. Maybe it's his prized possession. Like, that's his I, favorite yeah. thing that he owns. Confirmed, well, he... Sean was filming the Dead Island movie. That, and I, oh, no man. comment. No comment. So it was just really funny, just that, like, you know, just very, very innocent and, you know, welcoming and and happy, just like the idea of like a movie being filmed there. And I don't mean to sound that as some sort of like jaded, whatever condescending but it, it's still just kind of funny to oh no you you definitely sound like you're right, from california well, but if that's i okay. say i don't mean to sound like that then, <laughs> then that's good you're, a, you're being self-aware do i exonerate good. myself right you're you're, you're at least it's better than being being unaware that's true at least i'm yeah. aware of my just like eliteness um or you know false <laughs> eliteness yes uh anyway so that was fun but i'm back now and then the best part of the whole trip though was on my plane ride back i watched a movie called Holmes and Watson. Oh no. And it was oh, man. everything was cracked up to be. It was awful. It was really, really bad. It was a oh, really, really bad movie. Yeah. <laughs> was it funny at least? No. No, it wasn't. It was Oh man. I can't even describe it. You know what it reminded me of? I can't remember the name, but those spoof movies, the really bad like, you know, scary movie or yeah, not like scary disaster movie, epic movie. movie, disaster movie. Like epic movie. It yeah, reminded but... me of that. Like uh. and that's never good. It was, uh, but it had Will Ferrell. I know, and I was like, well, "Oh, just like Will Step Ferrell's, Brothers," but it no, it was. Will, Will Ferrell's been in plenty of bad movies, but the thing is that I think the whole like writing and production team was the same as like Step Brothers and all those like back when Will Ferrell and John C. Yeah. Riley were like cranking out those few years when they were cranking out really funny comedies. Like, yeah. I think it had that whole team. I don't know what happened. What happened? I don't know. I, it's a good question, and it was only ninety minutes. But it was on a plane, and the whole time, you know, I don't love flying, so I was like, oh, hopefully this will make the time go by faster. But it made it go longer. I was like, God, this plane. Oh, the, last time I, the last time I was on a plane was from Boston, and they had a, they had a Batman vs. Superman on it, and we were like, oh, yes, good, this will take us to the end of the flight. <laughs> but uh, then we still had to watch Batman Superman, though, and I don't know. If they force played it on everyone's screen, it didn't. It didn't help. Is what I'm saying. Is the point? Yeah, it didn't exactly. Help. Um, well, in any case, don't watch that movie. It was really bad. But uh, right. but that's it for me. That's all I've been up to. What about um, you, Matt? What, what stories me? can you enthrall us with? What stories I bring to the fire? Yeah. Uh, way back on the um, the Ch- the Chunkies episode, I mentioned that uh, the school I teach at, we were doing uh, Les Misérables for our spring musical uh, that just opened. Uh, last 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 week, and uh, 
it's it's uh it's bittersweet for me because I kind of you know had to you know participate from the sidelines this time because I'm on work leave. Um, but I got to go see it on Saturday night, and I'm super proud of what they did, and like super impressed, and almost kind of like, oh man, they didn't need me. Like, <laughs> like I'm a little, little like a little redundant, you know. But um, mm-hmm. but they did a great job with it, um, and so I'm super happy about that. Uh, and then we have another week, so three more performances. Um, I, um, much in the vein of when my wife and I did the Macaulay Culkin marathon, <laughs> we are currently doing a what up with that marathon. Um, we discovered that on Hulu, they have every episode of SNL that has a what up with that <laughs> sketch. So uh, that's how that's, many are there? There are nine of them. So oh, I feel like that marathon is much less painful and much quicker than the Macaulay Culkin. Well, when I say marathon, I, we're not we're not back to backing them. We're just like a, a few nights a week picking uh, an episode of SNL to watch that has a a what up with that. It's interesting though because those are right around 2010, so it's been about a decade since uh, these episodes, and it's interesting watching old SNLs uh, and seeing how comedy has changed in a decade and like oh, yeah. what ki- what kind of jokes and what kind of sketches they don't do anymore or what they still do and it's it's really interesting to see how writing shifts even in just a decade um so i i don't know i i i would recommend going back and watching some of those it's it's just it's just kind of interesting and then finally um i went to a pre-screening of a movie called book smart have you guys heard that heard of that i just got an email mm-hmm. asking if i wanted to watch a pre-screening of that movie it, it's uh it's olivia wilde's directorial debut um oh okay and then uh it has jason sudeikis in it um and uh the other the other snl guy he's uh mcgruber i can't remember his name will forte yeah will forte's in it a little bit um and then also carrie fisher's daughter uh billy lord is in there she's pretty funny she's like a scene stealer but the movie is basically super bad like it it is plot point by point beat for beat it's super bad um, the two mains are girls, and people have been calling it girl super bad, but that doesn't really like. It's still. It's basically just everything about it is super bad. Um, but I, uh, I was impressed by how well they were able to adapt it to like Gen Z. Like being a high school oh. teacher right now, like I feel yeah. like they got how teenagers act really down. Like it, it's pretty accurate for most of it. So it's kind of like I, I guess they probably just make this movie every. You know, every de- few few years or yeah. every decade or so for whatever high schoolers, are, you know what I mean? Like this movie just pops up every once in a while, so they just call it something different. And this, the same. yeah, but it it's funny and it's well written and it, it it doesn't come out for another month. But when it rolls around, it it's not you know it's 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 worth a watch. It's a good time. That's cool. If, if you like that kind of thing, is it going to so, have wide? It's going to be a wide release though. Yeah, it comes out like May twenty fourth or something like that. It's towards the end of May, so. Um, yeah, I mean, hey, Chris, you got that invite? You yeah. Said? I mean, you, you could do worse for an evening, and it's free, so, I mean, like, I I would rec- I mean, definitely, if you have a, an invite to one of the free screenings, I definitely recommend I also got, it. I also um, got one for that new Seth Rogen, Charlie Theron movie. I do not know what you're talking That's about. The worst you know, Charlie. The romantic comedy where she's the president? Yeah. I've not even heard of that before. Huh. Cool. I mean, hopefully I'll get an invite to that too. I like getting invites to free things. So, <laughs> long shot. It's called long uh, shot. That's, that's yeah, that one. I I had heard that title, but I didn't know what the movie was. It's weird. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's what I've been up to. 
Uh, and I think we've gone around all the way around the chunk. That's fire, a cozy yes. fire. That's I a cozy so. fire we've I mean, nursed. Now that we've established that we've uh, that we've cemented chunk fire as our segment, I'm going to be using that word as just as often as I can, <laughs> even outside of the context of this podcast. Oh, absolutely. Good. Yes. Chunk. Good. Chunk. And, chunk. And anytime chunk. I can. Yes. Uh, but um, while I'm thinking about all the uh, the uses of how I'm going to insert that word into my day to day vocabulary, I'll go ahead and uh, pass this along to. Uh, yeah, should I pass it to Sean or Chris? Who's the next person that needs to talk? Sean, we'll fight for that honor. Oh, Sean, what are we what are we doing next? Okay, well, um, we have a big old plate in front of us because we're going to be talking nom, about Avengers nom, Endgame. Nom. Um, before we get into that, the obviously obligatory spoiler warning for not just this movie, but every movie, tw- every Any movie, every movie, future, past, present. <laughs> we're going to spoil Spider Man, uh, yeah. Far From Home, everything. Uh, yep. So spoil just Shazam watch this too. movie. After you've seen every other movie ever. And then you'll be fine. Um, But before we jump into the discussion, we'll do a brief recap again. Chris, uh, I hear you've been working on a poetic uh, recap. Oh, it's beautiful. Are you ready? Is everyone ready? I'm ready. I'm so ready. I've been ready this whole time. Well, here we go. It all started when purple Homer Simpson (laughs) killed 50% of all life in the universe. And it is up to some of the Avengers to find a way to make it right. But first, they must cry and wallow in self-pity for an hour. Eventually, the only Avenger that matters, Ant-Man, somehow gets free and plans a time heist. Time heist. It's just uh, so fun to say. Time heist, time heist, time heist. It is a fun word to say. After a successful time heist, Thanos follows the Avengers into the present and big fights commence. Uh, a little while later, Iron Man commits mass genocide to kill all the bad guys, and we all live happily ever after. <laughs> I mean, not Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And not all the bad guys. <laughs> also, like, yeah, close enough. Also, nobody lived happily ever after. The world's still screwed up. <laughs> that's my summary. That's, that's my summary accurate. of the movie. <laughs> well, Chris, I will say that is the best summary we've yes. done so far. So I commend you, Chris. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> all right. We're getting cool. better. Um, all right. Well, I don't. Well, our discussion needs to be the same amount of time as the film. So everyone, strap in for a three-hour discussion. No, we're joking. <laughs> we're cutting it off at forty-five so. minutes. We got twenty-five yes. minutes left. All right. Twenty-five. Oh god. No, no, no. I'm joking. No, no, no. I'm joking. Okay. So, well, yeah. I mean, I don't know. What do we do first? Where to even begin? But let's just go with. I assume we all hated this movie. It was awful, yep. and there were so many flaws, and it was so stupid. And Vince, how did you feel about this movie? God, where do I begin? Well, I mean, just first impressions. <laughs> Limit <Okay>. yourself. <laughs> no, uh, the movie was fantastic. Um, it's one of those things where it was like it was less of a movie and more of like just like a cinematic achievement. <clears throat> like looking at it as just like one one like single movie i feel like it's kind of a disservice to what you know the last 11 years of the mcu kind of built towards in making this movie Mm -hmm. so it was it's just like an event i don't know going there on a packed theater first day it came out was just like it reminded me of like why i like going to these big movies and just looking at the movie it's like nothing can top this in terms of like sheer spectacle at least for that last act i mean it's just like it was it was an experience. I was emotionally and physically drained afterwards. 
Yeah, that, that's uh, good. Good stuff. Uh, Chris, thoughts? Uh, it's funny that Vince used the term event to describe it, because I literally had that written down. Uh, yeah, I mean, it. I thought it was a good movie. Not great. It was good. Uh, a lot of stuff to like. A lot of stuff I didn't like. But, I mean, it. it is a crowning achievement to be 22, 23 movies later and still have this thing going even though this isn't the end of even the phase but yeah no it was good i i thought our our praise of shazam would soften your cold cold heart chris but apparently well not. we'll we'll get into it i mean i i all right we will get into it anyways uh matt uh yeah i loved it um it was a lot of fun um it was uh great as a finale to the infinity saga um it i I'm not not really disappointed by any way that they wrapped up any of the stories. I'm pretty satisfied with most of the resolutions and the couple things they didn't re- resolve. I liked. Um, I uh, I was surprised by how not action heavy it was. Like a set, like it really only had one real big action set piece with small bursts of action throughout. So I was surprised that they were able to pace it well and keep me interested. It didn't feel like three hours to me. Um, yeah. If I had one. A couple minor criticisms. I think that um, that uh, it it felt a little clip showy to me uh, in the in the time travel act of the movie. Like like I really liked the the whole Back to the Future concept of it, but I, I did feel like for a little while it it was real focused on like it had to be a hey remember the whole all the last twenty two movies just a tiny bit, and then it also this always comes up, but there's like. When we get into the logistics of the time travel and the universe, there's always some questions that, like, I know I'm not supposed to be asking because it's nitpicky, and it, but it's hard for me to kind of ignore the logic of some of those things. But we'll talk about that later when we get into the into the timeline and all that junk. So, um, but overall, yeah, of course, obviously, I love the movie. Um, just minor minor nitpicks I have with it. Uh, Sean, what about you? Yeah, uh, agree with everything. I think Vince, well, everyone who said yeah, is event. I mean, I think. Um, there's so much you, you could you could say about plot holes or potential, you know, some sort of character stuff that maybe you, people may not have been completely satisfied with or small things here and there, but, um, and those are all valid. I'm not discrediting any of that stuff, but I think, you know, it's, it sounds like I just said those are valid. (laughs) I'm out. Um, Hey, I was also not completely glowing. I mean, I yeah, <laughs> I guess just Chris. <laughs> uh, well, for anyone, I'm just saying that like the sheer, um, you know, uh, I don't even know what to say. It's spectacle. That not even spectacle is the right word. The sheer event of it all, you know, right. um, is so incredible. I, I guess it's the whole time. It's like you kind of have this. I had this kind of giddy grin on my face and, and most of it was because of what was happening on screen and the characters I've grown to love and stuff. But part of it, it was just, just the thought in the back of my mind that like, this is happening and it, it, they yeah. pulled it off. Um, and, and, and I'm not trying to like overshadow the, the, the form over content, but in a certain level, like there's, you know, cinematic achievements, you have whatever, Citizen Kane and Gone with the Wind and Star Wars and Lord of the Rings and, you know, whatever, big, big movies. And this 
is by far up there. Like, there's no yeah. doubt in this is a uh, achievement. This is a pinnacle in movie making um, for so many reasons, which we could get into. I mean, I think that kind of boils down to why you kind of come to the movies. They basically made the impossible seem possible. Right. And to me, that just, like, summed up the whole experience for me. I think, like, and I don't expect this to happen, but I think that, like, if the MCU were to crash and burn after this, like, if everything just fell apart, worst case scenario, you would still have a 22-movie saga made of different movie sagas that yeah. uh, that is unlike anything that's ever been made before that, by all accounts, should have failed, and yeah. should there should have been multiple failure points. It it It's... It exceeded every expectation, and it, it you have this, like, chunk of cinema history that they pulled off somehow. And, like, and, and I will always be happy about that, and I will always be amazed by that. Yeah. And so, you know, even, even if this, at the end of the day, doesn't end up being my favorite Marvel movie or whatever, I mean, just when you look at the, this as an ending and everything as a whole, it's, it's pretty incredible. <clears throat> yeah, to me, it's, you know... Could this film or this whole process have been better? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I but it could be have selfish. been worse. I think it we, could we, have been worse. It could have been a way worse. It could yeah. have been monumentally worse. And I think we would be selfish to ask for it to have gone better. I mean, I think yeah, I it's it's amazing that it went this well. And it went really well. It's not even like a take what we can get situation. It's like no, it, yeah. it went really well. Exactly. Um, well, then let's kind of get into what's what were some of our favorite parts or you guys' favorite parts? I mean, again, it's three hours of content, and ultimately, it, it's hard to even dissect just this film without just naturally bringing in so much from the other films. But it kind of, to me, I kind of compared to like almost like a buffet, like uh, yeah. like a Vegas like a Vegas buffet, which you guys are all familiar with. Yes. Like, there's just so much there. And you want to like kind of eat it all, but you know you can only hold so much in your mental capacity. And you just go, well, I'm going to come back. And next time I come back, I'm going to focus. I'm going to try this out. I'm going to try it. Just like I've seen the film twice now. Um, and it's a shame Ryan couldn't be here because he's actually seen it four times. But I just yeah. feel like every time I go watch this film, I'm going to focus on – I'm going to get something else out of it. And I, and it, you know what I mean? Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Yes, Absolutely. Um, and I, I've only seen it once, so I'm going to try to see this again as soon as I can. But, um, but yeah, uh, what, 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 well, it's still on you. What, what, is, what else did you really like about it? Um, I think I liked just the unexpected payoffs on so many levels. There's the stuff that we kind of knew was happening, mm -hmm. but I just love the unexpected things that you didn't need, but just to me, it added layers on layers to make it more than just a good film, I, I think it's a great film. Um, and those elements, to me, helped do that and helped build the characters. Instead of it just being simple resolutions, just we win or whatever the case, there's complexity and depth to a lot of the character resolutions and, and some of the thematic stuff as a whole. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. I would so, like yeah. to say, just yeah. kind of going off of that, like in the way that like we kind of say that like, TV is the new, like, way the medium is going in terms of, like, story structure and how, like, great stories are being told. It's mm -hmm. like this almost felt like, like, the last hurrah or kind of something for, for, like, cinema in a way that, like, this story took the time that, like, a great TV show takes the time to tell its story. Yeah. And it did so for 11 years. And this just felt like the great, you know, series finale. Yeah. I guess is how I would describe it. More than just, like, the end of, like, a, like a saga of movies it really just felt like it like a series 
finale of a great, fantastic, well-written TV show. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, 22 episodes is a season yeah. of the TV show. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, any others? What's kind of other specific stuff did you guys kind of jump out at you or you like the most about it? Uh, well, you kind of mentioned it a little bit, but and, and I know I cited this as maybe a criticism of the movie, but uh, uh, the, the Back to the Future middle act of the movie. But I also, mm-hmm. at the same time, just I had a giddy smile on my face during that whole section yeah. of the movie because... I'm a Marvel fan, the MCU fan, and uh, not only was that fun, but it was also, um, it was kind of surprising the parts of the MCU that they chose to go back to, particularly, I think everyone can agree, Thor 2, which I've always been a fan of, um, so I was excited to go back to Thor 2. I I like that when Thor says, like, oh yeah, it's not an Infinity Stone, it's like a goo, (laughs) because you always have to explain that, you know, like, that always comes up. but the main thing I really liked about that second act of the movie is just, like, how it adds more additional context to other things that already happened. Um, yeah. Like, in particular, they went back before the beginning of Guardians of the Galaxy. So, you know, you see character, mm-hmm. you, you know, you know what's about to happen, but they don't. And then, like, yeah. some of the storylines, you get to see what's happening on this room over here while the characters we know are doing this. Like, I really like that. And a lot of those things that they did, or, like, uh, when when S.H.I.E.L.D. shows up at the end of Battle of New York to take the staff, you go, oh, yeah, of course it would be Evil Hydra S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's inf- that's info that we knew we didn't know yet when we saw the first Avengers movie. We didn't know that S.H.I.E.L.D. was half Hydra, and now we do, and it's like, that's a ni- neat little... It, it makes, again, it makes it all feel more like a universe. I'm constantly yeah. impressed by how they're able to go back and add these little, like, connective tissues to make everything still feel like it's all one story. And this being the rap, the finale of every story, like it, I feel like that was a strong suit, and they did it really well, and in a way that paid homage and also aided the storyline. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I don't know, Chris. What were some of your favorite things? No, I mean, in I think this thing? the way you put it is pretty much what I'd I'd go with as well. Uh, there was a lot of good, like the middle, the middle of the film felt very much like a Marvel film, right? It was just like this fun kind of ride you know everybody's jumping around uh time heist time heist <clears throat> you're not gonna have you're not gonna not gonna have fun time with a heist, heist. And, and then you throw time in there <laughs> but and, uh, yeah the one note because i do agree i liked i liked returning to thor 2 that was an interesting return i enjoyed returning to the battle of new york the one the one thing i didn't enjoy returning to was uh the planet that Hawkeye and uh, oh yeah, well I because have about I mean that, we were yeah. just there, right? Like that's not really going back in time. I mean, it, I, I guess it is, but it right? It's just like we were just there. There's no nostalgia element to that place. It just felt really weird. Well, I guess the counter argument to that is: Does every single one of those things have to function as nostalgia? <clears throat> that's that's that too. But also, from a plot point, st- from a plot standpoint, like there was no other point in time they could have gone to to get the stone. By you know, yeah, the rules I mean, of its I, own I, I get they, that. Mm-hmm. It's just I don't know. It just felt because once again, it was only like a year ago that we went through that that scene, mm. almost playing out almost exactly the same as before, right? So. Because you saw the same rules applied, so the scene, just the the scene, the environment, everything was just too fresh. It just felt a little sluggish, a little sluggish. But 
I did like uh, seeing other elements of like the Battle of New York, you know, like the the ancient one. You know, she was up on on her little place, just tearing yeah, things that up. Was cool. That's what I. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. It's like, oh yeah, well of course she would have been there secretly fighting. We just yeah. didn't know that she was there yet. You know, that's the yeah. kind of stuff I really liked that this movie bothered to go out of the way for. Um, obviously, there was a lot to like in the final battle. I think there was a lot to dislike in the mm-hmm. final battle as well. I think really where the movie kind of wasn't that good for me mostly was the beginning. Why is that? What part of the beginning? I mean, I I I thought by the, the beginning, beginning by the beginning I mean is like great. once they beheaded Thanos and then it was like the the five I think it was after, the, after the five year that? time skip right it, I felt like that part okay I don't know it just it a lot of characters were acting mopey but it didn't feel really deserved not not that I didn't know that it was deserved but it didn't like the way it was coming across not through the acting or maybe sometimes through the acting but like through the story they were just like bleh i i have i have very specific thing that i had an issue with with that part of the movie um i know that sean asked us what our favorite things in the movie were and and now we're criticizing but (laughs) if i may detour for a second um i and again this is a real minor nitpick but i don't feel like and i i could be wrong because this has never happened before but i feel like five years later like the world would be a little less yeah. I am yeah. legend than it was. Um, and I feel like this definitely film language shorthand. It's like, look, we need to establish that we're living in an apocalypse still and people know what apocalypses on film look like. So just make it look like a zombie one, I guess. I felt like it was, I felt like there was a lot of that imagery, like when they showed the, the all the boats and the heart and everything's on a gray filter. So it's kind of like, well, it's not a nuclear apocalypse. It's, it wouldn't be all cloudy, but I feel like it's the filmmakers going like, look, look, it's an apocalypse. We don't have a lot of time to establish how the world works now five years later, but I feel like it's more complex than what they depicted. And I hope that, uh, I don't want to get too much into this, but I hope that later on down the road, whatever comes next for Marvel, we see more fallout. We usually do with Avengers movies, but this is the, well, this is one where I'm like, I need a movie that shows fallout. I need another good, like, shield-centered government-centered captain america or or a black panther where they talk about world governments or i need something like that to i mean you know, it's probably going to make sense of Spider-Man that movie right that's why that's why that's why spider-man i don't is think so into phase three or whatever right is because it probably will involve a I, lot of fallout i think spider-man just based on i mean the thing is they cut trailers to sell it the way they want to but I think Spider-Man is one of the worst ones they could possibly use to establish what the world scenes looks like because it, the trailer from what we look it looks like is like kids going on a high school vacation to Europe and it's fun and it's John Hughes and it's quirky 80s style and I'm like well half those kids would be five years old what yeah, five is years older else confused by that I don't understand how that it's works. now 2023 Parker... in the uh, yeah. 2024 in the film series so I feel like Spider-Man especially because it's run by Sony and I'm, I don't trust them to not like, you know, they did the, the, the wrong time jump in the last movie and I don't trust them to connect all the strings as well together. So mm-hmm. I'm really nervous about that one being the next one after this movie. But, uh, cause I just feel like it's going to brush over a lot of that. Well, that. I don't, I mean, this kind of, this kind of plays into a thing I noticed in the movie and I mean, I kind of didn't like it, but I don't necessarily hold it against the movie is sure. the the amount of like convenience factor that comes into play during the movie right like 
in the sense of like Peter Parker and his school, we already know that all the pe- the specific people from the Homecoming movie, right? They mm. they were all dusted. Just like all the ones that he interacted with, the 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 Brat Kid, MJ, mm-hmm. Ned, they even though it was supposed to be at random fifty percent, all of the key people got dusted. So when it comes time for Far From Home, they're all still in high school. They're all the same age, right? Like, yeah. It's just like it's so much bigger of a uh, world shifting event to have to clean up than something like so, uh, wait, the first two I, Avengers movies. I guess. Sorry, can you? Uh, maybe I. I think I'm a little confused. So you, when you started off, what you were talking about about the apocalypse, you saying you want it to be more apocalyptic? No, he's, apocalyptic? he was saying it's really hard to demonstrate the type of apocalypse that happened without going to the extremes visually. Which, like, like he was Not saying. Even... Okay, go ahead. I was going to say, not even visually, but story-wise, explain how the government works, explain what the Avengers role oh, is, yeah, explain what I we're mean, doing about uh, the the 50%. It's, there's just, like, I have questions about this apocalypse, but I feel like the movie gave me a generic visual zombie apocalypse just to shut me up. You know what I mean? I guess what I'm saying, I guess for me, I really liked the five-year time gap. I uh-huh. wanted more of it, and it sounds like maybe that's what you wanted, too. You wanted more of it, maybe. I guess, like, I, I don't know. It It, it just... It well, feels a little clumsy to me. The, like they, that, they that, had like that, plant yeah. overgrowth. It's like, come on, fifty percent of the planet is still hundreds of millions of people. <laughs> like there would it's, not well, be. It's, it would not it's be three and a half billion, but okay. Okay, well there you go. <laughs> I don't know how many people are alive right now. Seven billion, <laughs> okay. roughly. Well then, there you go. Like three billion people would not result in the planet falling apart. <laughs> But it wasn't fault. I, I mean, mean, there it, was it overgrowth. They are everywhere. still playing Fortnite. There was if you an have overgrowth. A world that still man. plays Fortnite. The planet has not fallen apart. No, but all the game studios closed down because there are more important things to do. So whatever game was popular in 2019 is now the it's <laughs> the only game that anyone. That's plays what I'm anymore. saying. They're still playing. They were playing. They were playing video games. Man, that was that's an apocalypse. People are only playing Fortnite now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's not as much apocalypse as I Am Legend, though, is what I'm saying. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like the fun- society was still functioning. I mean, if but so bear with me here. If you think back to Ant Man, which I have a lot of problems with his revival, but you remember he's walking down the street. Everything, the abandoned cars, overgrown plants everywhere, like weaving in and out of things. One kid on a bike being super awkward and creepy and not speaking. Right? Yeah, like, like it just happens. Like it, like if it had just happened. Yeah, that that's what I it mean, felt I, like I to guess me. I, I kind of, I don't know. To me, it, I I didn't have any issue with how the characters were acting. If anything, I just wanted more of it to kind of just see <laughs> more of this world in this state. I mean. You also had them going to they they put up a monument to all these. It wasn't like the world was in shambles. They right. had the wherewithal to build monuments, and people were tour like tourists. Like there's still tourists in this world. Right, it's yeah. not a poke up. That's a good point. Like it's not so falling apart that people don't still have lives and aren't playing video games and aren't still drinking and aren't still like yeah half the population died that. Like the little opening with Captain Cap in that circle is just like you you can't just get over that. It's ingrained in every fiber of your being, but you you know, there's still things that you do. Well then my point still stands though, then it was really awkward of them to show that one that one street and everything the way they did. And why are the lights I turned guess, off at their know. support I... group meeting? It's because they were trying to make it look like a zombie apocalypse and everything has to be dark and gray. Turn turn the lights on. 
unless you didn't <laughs> fix the lights, turn the lights on. It's you so mean dark in, that in there. Scene specifically? That and other moments in the movie where it's like this is gray and dark, just because <clears throat> again, like I said, it's shorthand and people understand what a, a well, visually yeah, what I, a apocalypse is supposed to look like. I, I thought they kind of set that up though at the end of Infinity War with the color, like as he after he snapped his finger, it turn gray just like everything if you watch the end as everyone's dusting the sky is getting gray it was like, part of his power again it's just a did. visual metaphor to represent that i don't know it's how he you're... changed reality i under no sean i understand it i just don't love it oh i, I mean i suppose <laughs> yeah i never i never thought it was anything like i am led like to me i never thought zombie apocalypse while watching the movie though hmm. a couple of... i mean there's no zombies <clears throat> and everyone was fine a couple of other like, notes real fast before we move sure. on yeah, yeah, about uh, the convenience factor. Also going back to the Ant-Man thing was the rat running over the control pad. Yeah, they but, being I mean, the I, cop out yeah. to bring him back. And I, I, I say cop I out because they like how else were they going to I mean, it, it would have made more sense to me if it was somebody kind of trying to loot the car. Right. Or whatever than a rat running over. I, I, I honestly that, that doesn't bother me even a little bit because it took five years for that rap, for that coincidence to happen. You know what I mean? Like if it well, had happened immediately on top of after, that, on top of that, that van would its battery would have been dead. But uh, I guess they probably had some special. We also don't know that the mach- that the time machine, whatever quantum machine, was connected to the car battery. I mean, we don't know it was powering it conveniently, so it's fine. I mean, again, it. That if the if he had been resurrected before the five year time jump, it would have been a little. It would have been like uh, it would have reminded me of the uh, beginning of uh, what Thor three, or like end of Thor two. They make such a big deal about Loki being on the throne, and at the beginning of Thor three, they're like, "Nah, never mind." Like I, I I'm I'm happy that it took five years for that one rat to find that button. <clears throat> I, I guess it just would have yeah. been more interesting if he found his own way out. But that's neither here or there. That's just my opinion. The other, I mean, I agree it's convenient, but I, I didn't mind. The other, like, that's not something. The other thing that the movie reminded me of right off the bat was uh, <coughs> once again the convenience of the 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 snap, right? So you got you got Hawkeye, right? He's out with his family. He's mm-hmm. got what three kids or so, and then mm-hmm. his wife, and he's out there all in their all in their picnic, and once again. Every single one of them got dusted, but him. Yeah, well, he just got unlucky. I mean, that's the odds. I mean, not every not everybody lost their entire family. Some people didn't lose anybody. I know, so. but it's just. Uh, I'm, it, and once again, these are all minor things. I know them. They don't. They don't affect my opinion of the movie very heavily at all. It's just things I notice where it's just like, oh yeah, I guess thinking back, everybody, every one of the Avengers was very clearly targeted, and what would motivate them the most. Well, yeah, it's a movie. I know. It's a I know. story. <laughs> I know, but it just stood out, right? It was, I don't know. It's fine, Chris. Shazam was a better movie. <laughs> I'm not even saying that. No, that's Get okay. We're saying that. Now we can move on. <laughs> uh, um, Sean, get us back on track here. What other talking points do we got? <laughs> well, since we're talking about plot stuff, there, let's just kind of throw out other issues. Because I agreed, like, that ultimately any of those kind of minor plot holes or quote unquote plot holes contrivances um, maybe do a you know disservice kind of in the general discussion but i do think every you know they were talking about if if you were thinking about them and the two things that kind of i was had questions about was when nebula the 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 evil nebula goes to thanos and goes oh i could trick them and i'll be able to go back in time and fool them and blah 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 uh uh-huh. 
but she only had one vial of pimp particles yes. that she stole. How did so that allowed her to go back <laughs> into the future? But how did then she get Thanos to go back in the future? I have that note. It's just a question. I, they don't address it. I don't, I'm is, not saying there, it's a whole. I'm just saying, did I miss something? No, I, no, you didn't miss anything. There's just no answer. Okay. They could they probably say they split the vial. I don't know. Some, okay. yeah, I it's, don't know. It's, again, very, very minor thing, but I just it was something I had questioned. And then the other thing, that this is a general question, bigger question about the time travel. And time travel discussions are always pretty fun. And I thought they <laughs> yeah, actually yeah, yeah. did a really good job of just, especially like Bruce's kind of talk to everyone is like yeah. no you don't no that's not how it works but um is they did a pretty good job i thought of like kind of like leaving each thing they go into the world and uh um where you could like pretend that is that it actually happened in the original films right mm-hmm. yeah like, like even when cap fights himself he then's touched with the scepter implying that he got his mind erased so he wouldn't remember the fight or you know what i mean like except for the fact that thanos goes in the future and how does that make any sense well they already said that you that it wasn't adjusting the past the way that every other movie does right they really drove that point home and so they're them going into the past wasn't like they were actually going into the past right they were altering the whole timeline essentially but just they just was, theirs. Like the timeline was splitting. No, no, no. It wasn't. Well, every change they made kind of led to an alternate universe, right? Which uh, the ancient one so kindly stops the movie to describe. But uh-huh. uh, no, it was no matter what they did, they could have like like right there, Captain America beating himself up. Yeah. They they flat out tell you that's not in Back to the Future. That would have had major repercussions, right? Yeah. But they flat out say multiple yeah. times that you can't actually adjust the past in that sense. They live in their timeline and their timeline yeah. is what it is. Right. So okay. them going back and doing stuff like that wouldn't affect their timeline at all. Right. Yeah. Okay. I mean, sure. Yeah. Again, it's time travel. Time discussions heist. So there's never a perfect I, time travel explanation. No, there's not. There never will be. <laughs> the only, so why I asked that question and get your thoughts on it is to me, one of the like larger criticisms I had of the film uh-huh. um, that was less about a specific plot hole is that if that is the case, to me, it it lowers the character or it lessens the threat of Thanos in this film because essentially he's no longer the same character, right? Oh, yeah. No, he wasn't. And I, I agree with you wholeheartedly that the Thanos that they fight at the end was yeah. like... He felt like he was. He a, wasn't a, the a, same a, one. A lesser that... version of Infinity War. Yes, Thanos. Like exactly. He just didn't feel as threatening, and it. <laughs> again, it's, a, it's still a minor criticism, that. but Vince, tell us tell why us you disagree. Thoughts. I want to know why you so, disagree with that because I don't know so where I, I stand. <laughs> I disagree because I feel like this Thanos felt like a lot more threatening because this Thanos was the Thanos that we pretty much saw in Guardians of the Galaxy, and mm-hmm. that Thanos, you know, when he's uh, just sitting in his floaty chair, you know. He kills like that minion down. just for fun. Yeah. He's, he's well. He's talking down to that like uh, whatever his name is, Ronan. The, Ronan. the guy. He's like, yeah, like Ronan. He's like your politics bore me and all this. He's just like, I don't know. He just seemed a lot more threatening. And the Thanos in Infinity War was like calm, cool, and collected. Like I don't know. It seemed like he had a mission. He knew what he was gonna do. Yeah. Well, and he went and, the, and he did it. Also, this Thanos. He. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was there. just gonna say to add to your point. Thanos in Infinity War, he was more collected because he had more of a plan and it was succeeding. Whereas 
pre-Infinity War Thanos, Guardians of the Galaxy era Thanos is like a little less, ex- not experienced, but he hasn't really built his plan up yet and it's a little more volatile you know i mean so, i don't know if threatening is necessarily what sean meant to say is it sean yeah i mean because I mean, it's part of it but not entirely. kind of what to i'm be, getting it, at is like the emotional impact right because one yeah. thing that when people came out of infinity war a lot of people were like oh i kind of see where thanos was coming from right like they they had connected the thanos to a degree and so there was a little bit of an emotional connection to that thanos but well i think yeah I mean, it was less of that. I I see where he's coming from, and I think he's justified. It was more that I see he's the main character of Infinity War, and it was his story. And in this film, it just felt like he was more of a generic bad guy. Yeah, if that makes sense. Okay, I see that. Uh, I don't know if I necessarily agree yeah, with that, that but I, I I could see why you would see it that way. Um, and yeah, because it's basically two different characters at that point. Um, yeah. Which they pulled with um, another character. See, but for me, which, the, go ahead. Yeah, he felt he felt more like he felt more intimidating just because he like he he came to like a a much more violent kind of resolution than than Infinity War Thanos, where he was just like, okay, I realize that this plan isn't going to work based off of how half the universe has reacted, so mm. I need to just destroy everybody and make my own universe. And it just felt like this Thanos was like, I don't know, like he was more desperate in the way that he was doing things. And it was like, yeah, when his plan started yeah. failing at the end of the battle, he just seemed sad. And I almost felt bad for a second. I went, yeah. oh, yeah. man, buddy, come on, buck up. It's not like, too bad. Oh, but you but you won in the other version. <laughs> yeah. Like, I want to like, come on. So, so while we're talking <laughs> about threatening Thanos, right? Big old threatening Thanos. Did anybody else find it weird how even though he was significantly less powerful than he was in Infinity War, he was putting up more of a fight than he did against people that should yeah. have been able to beat him <laughs> a lot easier. Well, I can tell uh, you why. Because I don't think that he... Because he wasn't trying to fight people in Infinity War. He was just trying to get the stones. Yeah. He wasn't... He was, like, pretty much anti... I don't want to say anti-violence, but he wasn't <laughs> going out of his way to murder people because he certainly had his chances to kill everybody in Infinity War once he got even two stones. He could have just killed everybody. This Thanos realized he had no stones. He had to just beat the crap or the poop. Sorry, potty language. Out. He had to beat the feces out of everybody. <laughs> Those are all potty words. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> they all go but into he, potty. He realized he, that he had to do this just because, he one, he had no stones so that he was vulnerable. You could kind of feel his vulnerability, and that's what made him more, like, his, he didn't feel like he was pulling his punches. It really felt like when he was beating Cap's shield and shattering it with his like sword. Yeah, you're just like Jesus. Which, which was also like, oh, cool. I guess we could break vibranium now. That's nice. Okay. Well, I guess the, he kind of says it ultimately, where he's basically like in the in the Infinity War. You know, he's like this. I don't. I don't want to. Like, I'm. I don't get pleasure out of this. I'm not trying to like cause pain. I'm trying to lessen pain in the universe but in this one he even says he's like you know it's never been personal until now now i'm gonna enjoy killing you guys exactly and i think that's the difference in character right and i think maybe that kind of encapsulates it best for me is it's also just such a cool way to do it like killing him in the very beginning and then it's like oh my god that was crazy heck yeah and then it's like how are they gonna bring him back how could you possibly think to bring him back and then they just bring back a thanos from an earlier yeah. part of the mcu and it's like oh my god that's brilliant like i don't know i feel like it could have gone horribly wrong oh, yeah 
and it really I really felt like it worked as well as it possibly could have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you mean just bring the you know the entire in terms of how the plot develops and that Thanos is still brought like the enemy and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um well, um, so, I mean, like, those were pretty much my only, like, real criticisms, aside from those minor plot holes, but just, like, like I said, my thoughts on Thanos in general. But while we're here, I mean, does anyone else have any other issues? I have a few. Because I have a lot of other good stuff I want to talk about. I have a few, so let me, the negatives out. let me get my do, negatives out. Let me get my negatives out. I have, I have things I like, too, Chewy. Where's my Nintendo Switch? I'm going to check out for a little while. (laughs) All right. No, go ahead. Uh, I'm listening. So, I mean, before we move entirely off that fight, um, also another part I found I didn't like because it changed the rules that have existed forever in that universe was Thanos and Thor, where Thor or Thanos was able to basically hold up Mjolnir, right? Which Oh, my God. He shouldn't have been able to do, right? <laughs> I'm what sorry. My, my sister brought up all these points in, uh, the other day, and I'm just like, but I don't care about any of these when? hammer points. When? The Stormbreaker or Mjolnir? Mjolnir. Or both of them. I don't remember Both that. of them. He holds Stormbreaker. He doesn't he hold, But he Mjolnir. only holds it after Thor calls it to him, and he grabs onto it and presses it down. I don't think he's actually holding Look, it. Look, okay, I want to just, like, throw this in here. Like, there are lots of hammer ambiguities in the series. Like, okay, Kate Blanchett catches the hammer in Thor 3... She held it, you know, was she worthy? Probably not. But I think probably in the first Thor, they're specific about the the phrase wielding the hammer. Like, you can't, mm. you have to be worthy to wield the hammer, which also includes picking it up. But I think all that other stuff is such minor technicalities, like, I just don't care. It like, is minor, I, but I yeah. do care a little bit. Uh. That, that's weird of you to care. There are things that are more well, I feel important like to care it about. Kinda, yeah, it's more like stopping the hammer isn't the same as wielding it. Like, Cap was able to use, with the help of his shield, he was able to block the hammer well, in Thor uh, 1. Well, I mean, once but, again, nitpicky, but you remember in the first movie, he just puts it down on top of Loki, right? And Loki can't even, he can't move, because it's just on top of yeah. him, right? Like, that's essentially how it's supposed to work. But that's, whatever. Okay. Right, and that's the thing, is that you come off of a, a background of comic knowledge and sometimes some of the points you bring up with those nitpicks it's like did the movies ever establish that definitively i think a lot of times if you go back you'll find that the answer is no so if they're vague about the rules okay well i i want to point out that these are my nitpicks they don't need to be your nitpicks and these only affected what i viewed so look i just don't like how your face looks or anything about (laughs) you chris how about this for a nitpick? I heard about this as a complaint on the internet. I don't know if I necessarily agree with it, but I'd kind of like to... It, it's a pretty fair nitpick. Sure. So Thanos had to make his glove from a dying star, but Tony Stark was able to use Earth technology and just create a device that could hold all the Infinity Stones. Oh, yeah, well, maybe, maybe space creatures shouldn't... like. Maybe they don't always need to use space magic. Maybe there's more efficient ways to do things. I don't know. Maybe. I'm just saying it, it made it made made like that whole visiting the planet so that Thor could get a super weapon kind of pointless if Tony could just make a weapon that could hold all the infinity stones. <laughs> yeah, his, I thought about in, that too. In in, then, in his like summer getaway home. Well, he, I was also thinking like, well, maybe that's why um, Hulk and Tony affected when they used it is because the glove wasn't as strong as I don't know if I agree with that. Thanos what Thanos Thanos got messed up with Yeah, but he used it twice. Yeah, he looked pretty beat up at the end of the first movie. Yeah, he did. His arm was fried. Oh, but it was after he had used it twice. No, no, at the end of the first movie you could see he's in recovery. 
Yeah, I don't know. Also, the glove is all fried at the end of the first movie. It's all crisp. Yeah. It's all crispy. <laughs> also, did, did you guys notice that it was Thanos's left side that gets fried, and it was what? That's weird. He has it on his left. That's why is because the cosmic glove that Thanos built had to be on his left hand, and you need a star to make a left hand <laughs> glove. But if you want it on your right hand, you could make it fine. Because Mm-mm. the one that Tony Stark made. Oh, that makes so much sense. Glove. Thanks for explaining. Thanks for explaining there that. There you sir. go. Boom. Okay. Explained. Did anybody yeah. else? And this is probably just me because I'm sick in the head. Did any did anybody <laughs> did anybody start. else kind of whether it be internally or out loud laugh when Natasha, uh, Black Widow, and Hawkeye were fighting to die? Oh, no. I was laughing. I I was laughing. No, because no. Not, not so much. No, God, not so no. much the no. act. Not so much the act, right? Because obviously it comes from noble place. It's fine. It was the way it played out where they just kept one-upping each other like no i'm gonna die no i'm gonna die I mean, no i did no yeah I'm i mean dying. i, I kind of laughed when he shot the arrow and exploded but it wasn't a laugh in like i thought it was, oh, I thought it was silly. silly i thought it was like oh man they're like it they're also kind of defeats the purpose of the soul stone the way that they were doing it too to me but uh i don't know i don't think so also i remember you having a criticism about the that scene in in infinity wars about whether the logistics of Thanos loving Gamora, and I, I don't, I don't know. I think I don't know. Why do you hate this scene on this planet so much? <laughs> Here, wait. Can I say one yeah. thing I didn't like about sure. it? Because I just I watched Infinity War the night before, and I get that like they're going to the same planet, but like, did the shots of Gamora and and Black Widow falling have to be the exact same with the exact music? And it was like it just it was the exact like. It's how I don't fall know. on that planet. I don't know. I, I get it. I f- but the musical cues are exactly the same. And it's like, okay, is this how things happen on this planet <laughs> yes. just all the time? Just I don't, Well, Red Skull, Red Skull his life sucks now. Sound. Music. I guess music. Just, I actually, Red Skull's in the back playing a violin. That's actually how the music <laughs> I thought it was interesting that so many of the things were identical because the context and the characters and their relationships are all different. But the, the process is the same. So... You're watching visually a scene very similar play out to one you've already seen, but everything around it is different. I thought that, I don't know, I thought that made it interesting for me. Yeah, yeah. It's like poetry. Yeah. No. Okay, so I have <laughs> I have two more notes. However, right. however, and these these two are actual notes from like they're 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 actually bigger right. bigger problems I had. One of which I will not go over in the show because I know Chewie will get mad at me if I bring it up. Well, now I have to hear it. No, 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 I have no, to no. hear you it. You will find out afterwards. The audience uh, now. You're gonna leave the audience, like Chris. Just tell me what it is. I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll be kind. I promise. No, I'll, no, 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 I promise. I, I'll stay. Fine. Not, go to your next one, Chris. Okay. we'll come back to that. Okay. We're not coming back to that one until later. <laughs> the biggest thing that I disliked at the end was when Iron Man killed every single one of those enemies. It was genocide, right? It was. That's all it was. He, to me was not much better than Thanos in what he did. Like he did the same thing in the first Avengers movie. I, I don't know. I don't know, but to me, but that's what that's what I'm saying. So I, when I saw that, I was like, I don't necessarily like Iron Man's character anymore, right? Because he is not the hero that I want to see. And, and so I, I I mean, because I'm me and I like DC, I'm the apparently the only person that likes DC. Uh yeah, you're the only one, Chris. You're the only one. I started thinking about when Superman in Man of Steel snaps Zod's neck, right? 
it was a huge deal. People just were upset. They were like, Superman doesn't do that, right? And then when Batman in BVS was going around and people, you know, he was taking people out that were in his way, people were like, no, that's not Batman. And so I was like, what about, what? what's the disparity between, like, these characters, like the DC, Holy Trinity, and just, like, more general Marvel characters? Because, I mean, it, it's not just this movie, right? Like you said, it's always happened where... Like, Marvel heroes kill. Captain America, actually, I think is an odd one that doesn't, right? And that makes sense. He stands for something more. At least I can't think of any time he killed. Um, I think there. I think there's more to answer your question, unless you have more points. Sorry. Well, I mean, I, I think I'm just elaborating a little bit more in case I needed to. But it, it, it just had me thinking. It's not, not I mean, it, it affects the way that I view the movie because I don't agree with the choice he made. But I don't think it makes the movie any better or worse because he did it. I think. Do you think the human race could have negotiated with the giant flying snake monster? No. Uh, I want to go back to Chris's point. Um, <laughs> so I think I think probably an explanation for why that is is uh, because I think that characters like Batman and Superman come with more emotional baggage because they've been around longer. They're more familiar. There have been more iterations. People have these ideas of what those characters are and what they're about. Um, I don't think anybody cared about Iron Man before 2008. And I think, I, I mean, these characters, Iron Man, Thor, Captain America, they're, they've never been anything on, like, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. So I think, and and also with Batman, we were just off the heels of a really awesome iteration of Batman. I think people are more critical of those characters because they're more familiar and they are before the MCU have always been more beloved. Now that the MCU exists, everybody loves Iron Man and etc. But the MCU had a unique opportunity to kind of make these characters who they wanted because they weren't super well known before it started. So I don't know. I think that's where that comes from for me. I mean, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Uh, that that I think is correct. But I think also, Chris, you basically it's it's the films themselves. It's the 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 world and the characters that the films themselves established. That mm-hmm. set up why, like, you, you said that people were upset when Superman cracked his neck at the end of the film. Yeah, that's the point. Superman was upset that he had to crack well, his I neck mean, at the end of the film because that's the character. I mean, in you're that defending film. the movie, right? Which I'm all for. Defend that movie. I agree. But uh, my point, my point is that what? people were upset, right? Well, what do you mean they were upset? Because you, people like, were like, that's not Superman. That's not what he does. And so... Yeah, that's... And, who cares? And, like, the, again, and so the, I think that, Chewie kind of got what I was getting at. My point is, is why... So from the viewer's point of view, why are we willing... Why are they so much more willing to accept Marvel heroes as heroes that can kill anything that gets in their way versus DC heroes, or at least Superman, Batman, where they're held to this level where killing is unacceptable by any degree no, but it's not it's the worlds that the films themselves have established and i will say for batman versus superman again i think that's not fair well whatever it's not that it's not fair it's if an audience is upset that batman killed people in the snyder films that's un, that that's it's unfortunate because it came right on the heels of the nolan batman which that was a pivotal point of batman's character in those films and so you have that association, and even though it's a different universe, people still, like, you, they can't separate that. It's, un, it's, un, it's unfair, it's unfortunate, because in the Snyder films, Batman has ne- was never established as someone who didn't kill, but people's association was still there. Right. So I, I think it's the films themselves that have that 
never have any of the Marvel movies, never has Iron Man had a moral quandary about killing bad guys. That's why it doesn't matter that he kills. I mean, you know, on a on a character level. Sure, if you want to have some moral ethical question about, you know, that that that's fine, but I'm just saying from a character level, people aren't going to have problems with it because he's never had a problem with it. The world has never had a problem with it in the films themselves. I, but in Batman and Superman films, they do because it's a part of those films. It's a part of those characters. I also think that you're uh attaching a little too much significance about the fact that he snapped them because if he did they would have they were trying to kill all those armies anyway. And Thanos snapped half of the universe. I don't know how many bad guy troops showed up to that fight, but it wasn't half the universe. It was the, yeah. all the bad guys who were going to well, show up to try to kill them anyway. I didn't anyway. say it was equal in cost. I'm saying it was genocide because he wiped out an entire race of aliens, right? So, Well, that's Thanos' fault for just bringing one race. I don't know. <laughs> well, my point... Do we know I mean, that I, I was just all the aliens on that one ship. I'm but sure my, my point is, is with all the power in the gauntlet, he could have done anything. He could have shrunk them into like minuscule little dudes. He could have, he could <laughs> have put them, did. they were all fighting. He could have put them anyway. on a, a planet yeah, that I mean, was I, impossible for the game. I mean, he literally could have done whatever because he had the reality stone and all the power in the universe. And I don't disagree with you, Chris. I, I'm honestly don't disagree with I you. Do. I had that same thought, but I, I also think that it works for the film because, again, there's a certain, I don't know, visual, you know, imagery that associated with that kind of Also, Thanos vanishing. just getting his, like, comeuppance. Him getting snapped. It's like, I understand that you're saying with the army itself, but it's like, I don't know, Thanos is, a, like, the army is is Thanos. They follow him. It's like... Right. Also, just imagine a, a sequence at the end of this giant movie, at the end of this saga, where like they're by the, bothering to demonstrate to the audience that Tony took the time to send to be a better these person. bad guys to this unhanded... To, to no, be because the, the movie person. doesn't... Chris, Chris, the movie doesn't establish that as an arc. I mean, the, the movie establishes that we have to win at the end of the day. And if they had taken the time, it would have been such a weird detour tonally that you would have had to, in earlier in the movie, rewrite it so that it is a payoff to something. And I, and I didn't need that. I didn't, I didn't need that. I thought it was I fun. mean, that's fine. I, once again, I, I knew going into this, this was my personal opinion and it made me respect Iron Man as a character less. And that was, that's me. Uh, I've always kind of thought Iron, he doesn't need Iron Man has always been a jerk. <laughs> All right, Chris, now say the second thing. Cause you already said I, it. No, just mention it. No, just, uh, Right, I will go on an episode that you're not on, Chris. We're going to bring it up. Uh, well, we're going to well, we have your we side of the story. We can discuss it after we're done recording. Anyways, let's go to the good. Let's talk good. I know, but what, okay. what he's saying is that after you, we discuss it after you're done recording, we're all going to do another episode and we're going to discuss it with us. Uh, once you find out what it is, I highly doubt you will. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Okay, fine. Um, okay, well, yeah, I, I think... I, Unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, I do think we spent a lot of time on the negative, which to me was, it, I, I but generally... Someone's got to. Someone has to. positive things go quicker because everybody will just be usually in agreement about it, right? Like, Well, sure. But let's get into those then. More of those. All right. That we haven't. So I mentioned a lot of the payoff or, you know, payoffs for things throughout the films. But I also really, really liked the emphasis on certain characters mm-hmm. uh, in this film some surprising characters like i did not expect ant-man hawkeye nebula and you know war machine to be like 
kind of some of the more prominent characters in the film. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it was kind of interesting and kind of a, I don't know, it's kind of surprising. And it didn't detract from the core Avengers. And I don't know, I thought it was kind of cool. And it provided a good kind of, you know, thematic firing board on what the film was trying to say in a different context. Yeah, I, I, um, could you have ever imagined having a, like a, a montage where it was War Machine? Going, what am I trying to say? What are you trying to say? I'm trying to say something. I don't know, Griffin. <laughs> well, okay. If you no, no, no. So I, I know you, what I'm you got to it. Say. Okay. okay, you got it. I got it. I just I couldn't have ever pictured having like a montage of of War Machine and Nebula actually like revisiting. It's just such a crazy yeah. concept. Re- revisiting Star Lord and seeing him dancing around without the music, <laughs> and it's like, oh my god, this guy really is. Such well, a the idiot. funny thing is that I actually but, did think that back when I saw St- Guardians, because I saw Guardians in theaters probably four or five times, and one of the times I was like, well, like if anybody was watching him right now, like he would look like such an idiot, and lo and <laughs> behold, someone was. That's amazing. That's incredible. Um, I, I'm. We we're talking about positives now, but I actually just want to. Uh, Vince, I have a question for you. Sorry to put you on the spot. Okay. Um, That's well, okay. For, well, first qu- preliminary question. <laughs> Did you ever see Captain Marvel? Nope. Okay, so as someone who hasn't seen Captain Marvel and someone who was worried that this character would come out of nowhere and sol- save the day after it not being established, how do you feel that the, the movie handled this character that you don't know very well? <clears throat> I felt like they handled her really well, actually. Why? I was, I was totally fine with it. Because I didn't feel like she um, was like anywhere near the main focus of the movie i just felt like i mean i knew who she was just based off of what i what i knew and i don't know she she was there for moments but she wasn't there to like do anything huge to this in in like this story like it didn't feel like it was because of captain marvel you know the heroes won the day i mean kind of i mean sure she did she if it wasn't if it wasn't for her they would have all died because of his ship Okay, yeah. sure. She had some important things, but it didn't feel like... Okay, the story definitely wasn't focused on her, which yeah. was really the thing I cared about the most. That's true. I, like, I wanted the story to finish with, you know, the main core six Avengers. And I felt like it did. And Captain seeing Captain Marvel's powers was awesome, and it was cool seeing, seeing her go, like, toe-to-toe with Thanos and, you know, helping the heroes out and everything. But I wouldn't necessarily say that she had a bigger impact than, like, Doctor Strange who literally brings all the good guys back, you know, to, to this fight, like, in one second. Although I will say, I would have liked Doctor Strange to do more in the fight than just hold back the water. Because I was like, okay, he's holding back the water. I kind of want to see him get in on this fight. I feel like he should have made a little hole in the ground and then have the other portal over the ocean, like, 50 miles out just, and just make a little drain. Can't he make portals? Can't pour, he just make pouring portals the water back the water? into it? Pour it into Thanos' ship, because it would be funny. <laughs> Well, I mean, not that it was the focus, but while while you brought that up, how you wanted to see more Doctor Strange, I also thought it was kind of weird that we didn't see a lot of Hulk in that fight yeah. either. Well, that's the thing. He's yeah, that's Hulk. It's like he doesn't even seem like he wants to fight anymore. He's just he wants to be quippy. But I mean, he had moments of like actual rage, like right, like when uh, Black Widow died. That was like a moment of actual rage. I also thought it was funny. His <laughs> have you I thrown mean, a bench, friends? <laughs> well, well, not that. Let far, me let me let me interject about. Uh, Professor Hulk because I've I feel like Marvel has kind of not been really sh- entirely sure how to handle Hulk for a long time and I thought Ragnarok was a, a good step in like figuring out alright what do we want to do with the Hulk and what's his arc going to be because before that he just showed up when he could which was just the Avengers movies and 
you know, he got angry and, and hulked out. I, you know, Age of Ultron added the love story with, uh, with the Black Widow, but I kind of, it always reeked of, we need to give him something to do territory. And I think having a more human Hulk character in this movie was the most interesting they've do- thing they've done with him for a while, besides everything they did in Ragnarok. So I don't need him smashing anymore. Like, I don't, that doesn't, like, we've seen plenty of that. Oh. But what happens to that persona, that anger persona? What happens to it? Because it was its own creature, right? He was his own. Is he just forever doomed? We don't know. They can explore that more. I mean, to me, it was less about doomed. It was that he found peace. Like, I think it kind of speaks to a lot of what the film was, is that as bad as, you know, half the population dying off or getting vanished, like, a lot of the characters are in good places, you know, at the beginning of the film. Obviously, Tony Stark hulk right like thor is in the best place he's the dude now (laughs) exactly (laughs) um like and i think that's an important aspect of this film this idea that like you know yeah obviously awful things happen but sometimes you move on and that's kind of what steve is saying at the beginning you got to move on and some people some of them did and they're better for it like not better for the world falling apart but they've learned to become better they've learned to adapt and move on um yes and I think it was really interesting and cool that they did some of that off screen. They just like, we didn't have to have a whole movie showing Bruce Banner struggle with this stuff. It's just like, oh, he he found peace within himself. He's He, you know, found uh, a way to make Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde be the same person and live together. And, oh, that's awesome. He's, there's a completely new Hulk that we have never seen before. Right. And then, he, and that's one of the things that like, for me, I don't, this movie didn't feel super long. And even though the yeah. first act was like an hour, it didn't feel like an hour to me because it was all these little new surprising character things. Like, oh, cool. That yeah. was an interesting choice. Lots of interesting choices. So it felt exciting, even though there wasn't a lot of action in that first first hour. It felt exciting. Little things like Professor Hulk and where the characters are doing. And, you know, that, that, that was cool to me. I liked it a lot. I agree. And, like, it was... Um really funny parts as all the Marvel movies are have there. But I think all those moments, like I think one thing that, or one of the things that I think separates the MCU from not just DC, but other kind of big budget action or superhero films is they're able to find those small character moments that don't feel forced or cheesy, at least not in a bad way. Like the stuff with Iron Man and his daughter, like all of that stuff I thought was fantastic. Like to me, Oh, it was so good. Like, and there was a lot of screen time, but that little girl they got, I thought she was great. She was a really mm-hmm. good, just like presence or whatever. But like all, it was still Iron Man. You got to know him. You get to see Iron Man in a different, you get to see Tony in a completely different light. And he's good at being a father and he likes that life. And like, imagine that from where Iron Man 1 came from or, you know what I mean? Like, like, and all that was conveyed just through small little, like, you know, chamber piece dialogue scenes. Right. And yeah. yeah. Those are the things that I think that elevate, at least for me, these characters. Yeah, I've been. What do, what do you think about the chances of Robert Downey Jr. getting a, a best actor? Not our. I think it's zero percent. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna talk uh, any Oscar odds for this. I don't. I don't think it's wise. <laughs> no, I mean, I just like no. I know what you're saying, and because uh, there's a part of me that wants to be like, oh yeah, Lord of the Rings. They gave it to the last one because it was the end of this thing, and it's important, and there's this perceived importance. But I don't. I don't think. I mean, I'm trying to be realistic here. I don't. I don't think we're going to see any kind of significant Oscar representation yeah. for this. I would love to be wrong, but I very much doubt it. <clears throat> yeah, I get it. 
Yeah. I mean, just just as a note real fast, I kind of agree with Chewie. I think, if anything, uh, it would be up for something more writing-esque. But I definitely think, like, Infinity War was a much better, like, story and everything than this, right? Like, it had a more cohesive... Because of Thanos, like, open... Or open ending, right? Like, is it a start? Yeah, I, a I, I don't know. I... I... I need to see this new one again, but I think just gut instinct. I do think I think I think Infinity War is maybe a slightly better movie, and it's really hard to judge because you're we're all fresh off the excitement of seeing the ending of the MCU. So, like, yeah, it's hard to tell, but um, yeah. What's you up? Saw Spider Man. I know you. You keep pointing out that Spider Man is the end of Phase Three, but I don't <laughs> care, Chris. Because nobody's I feel, gonna. It's because I feel betrayed, Chewie. I feel betrayed. No, that I'm not counting it. it no, nobody, nobody's gonna. No, that that they announced that it it's, was. It's all and entirely arbitrary, betrayed. and I feel betrayed by Dis- corporate Disney's like oversight of not ending every phase on an Avengers movie. It's the most obvious thing to do. Why would you throw one or two extra? Why is why is Ant-Man at the end of phase 2? That doesn't make any there's you know what I mean? So It doesn't. It doesn't. And I I, I mean this I is the end. Th- this is the Anyways, right. Avengers, I, I, Chris, you can keep pretending it doesn't I, I'm just making bad jokes, jokes. Chewy. Not funny. Make me mad. <laughs> um what was uh a note on while we were talking about good character moments and stuff i do think uh even though it's more on the comedic uh, scale that uh there was a lot to be had Uh, with thor's character right like his his whole his whole thing which they they kind of spoon feed the audience right which is like be the person you want to be not who you're necessarily Mm -hmm. meant to be Mm -hmm. right like or what people who people want you to be and so well, we got fat thor and now everybody's blaming them for misrepresenting fat people uh, i, I think know. with thor uh he spent a lot of time in infinity war being sad and working through emotions and having an actual legitimate really heavy emotional character arc and i like that now that everybody's sad we decided well he's going to be the funny version of sad he's going to he's going to be yeah. the washed up <laughs> drinks all day beer belly sad yeah. like Cool, that's good, because I don't need more of the same sad Thor that I got for an entire other three-hour movie before this. Like, he, we can sacrifice a little bit of his uh, seriousness to his arc, and I really like... I liked all the Big Lebowski references, and I just... I don't know. He added a different flavor rather than everybody being the same type of sad. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and I agree. And one thing I couldn't help but appreciate while watching this movie in particular is just how much of an impact Taika had oh, yeah. on thor's character like he, he he saved he saved thor right like thor in thor 2 was just i disagree that, but okay right? it was like he's <laughs> okay but taika created him and they i mean he basically just injected him with a lot of star lord right kind of goofy knuckle-headed sure. type stuff but i think overall like i think he saved thor i think i don't think thor Thor was in trouble i don't think it needed saving i don't think financially or critically there was anything wrong with either thor but i will say i think what he did do is rejuvenate that ip and give it a new direction to go in i think if we i think any other director would have it would have been more of the same from thor's one and two and then we really would have been like okay enough thor i think he yeah i think there was a little bit of a a shift in direction but i don't know i don't think it was in trouble so uh, i don't know well, I, I, not in the sense that they wouldn't make an, a Thor three or anything, but I think just in general, keeping audiences interested in his character. Sure. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's 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 rare that like, because yeah, you're right, Chewie. I didn't 
like absolutely hate Thor one or two, but I just felt like his character, like it felt he felt much more like I don't know like I'll, I'll Chris say Hemsworth. This. Chris Hemsworth injected like a sense of humor that I really didn't get out of him in the first two movies, and it made me like. It just, especially with how serious like the MCU is getting, it kind of made me really get attached more to his character hmm. and actually really care about his arc. Because, I mean, and they've said it before, the Ragnarok, Infinity War, and Endgame was like a three-act story for Thor. Yeah, yeah, and, absolutely. And it certainly played out that way. I would say Thor 1 and 2, they were kind of one-off stories for Thor that didn't really have as much of the continuity as Ragnarok, Infinity War, and Endgame did. Sure, yeah, that's fine. I mean, to me, I guess I'll say this. To me... Thor 1 and 2, my favorite parts were Loki. Thor Ragnarok, my favorite part was Thor. And Jeff Gold. If that says anything. Like, does that make sense? Just maybe. Yeah. I guess, yeah. Ex- yeah, that makes sense. Um, so yeah. so that that being said, I really like where they ended up. And I, I've been kind of vocal about how I do, I, I'm using this as an out of the MCU for the time being. Because I'm just exhausted. But I think with the way they set up Guardians of the Galaxy... I I would probably watch Guardians of the Galaxy 3 as long as Thor is a part of that crew. You're gonna, would you not watch You're it? You're going to watch it anyway. What are you talking about? <laughs> no? It sounds like there is also going to be a Thor 4. Um, just from what I've heard, like it actually is like in... Uh, I haven't heard, I haven't heard about anything that. about that either. I've read a bunch of What's Up Next articles. I haven't heard a peep about that. But uh, well, we'll I mean, it. what would Thor... Uh, well, we'll let's save that for later. But The, t- the title itself, Thor... Four. It works. Four. <laughs> what? Uh, what? What sure. other talking points you got? Um, well, a couple other. I just wanted to kind of list, kind of go off any other small little things. Like I said, payoffs or if not payoffs, then just like kind of callbacks uh, to stuff that I was not expecting. We haven't talked. We haven't talked about the biggest one. Okay. The Wait. biggest payoff. Well, okay. Wait. Are you talking about cap? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll come back. Talk about well, one let's talk that. about ending things okay. later. Let's talk, let's let's get to that in a little bit. But can I well, talk I was, about another? I mean, I wasn't talking about his ending ending. I was talking about him and Mjolnir. Oh yeah. Oh well, yeah, that for sure. That was maybe like the most like cheering moment, cheer inducing moment of the film. Like mm. that was my moment of Infinity War when Thor comes in and like slams Stormbreaker down out of like yeah. when they're fighting. Like we just want like, yeah like. When he picks up Mjolnir, it's like, yeah, I was, it was, and then he starts fighting with it, and he's like throwing it and bouncing, it, and he's losing lightning, and it's bouncing off a shield. Like, oh god, that. I mean, uh, he was using it better than Thor ever did. <laughs> I think, uh, like when he he like slams the thunder down or the lightning yeah. down on him, right? Like yeah. that's something way beyond anything. Well, Thor Thor's did. just a jock. I don't know, you know. Yeah, um, <laughs> Captain America's a captain. Um, I think I think if we're talking about positives and just little things I like, I just overall I thought I think this is my probably my favorite movie with Captain America in it. Um, I think he was a standout, which is great because he didn't have a lot to do in the last movie. Um, but I think just every scene with him, especially the Back to the Future two stuff, because like because he goes yeah. in the elevator and it's a clear callback yeah. to Winter Soldier. And, and, and yeah. I'm like, what's oh, he going to yeah. do? Is he going to beat them all up again? Are we going to get the, does anyone want to get out line? And then it's like, and then, but then you're like, oh, we know they're all Hydra. And then he says, hail Hydra. And you're like, oh man, that's the perfect, what a cool <laughs> yeah. way to, what a cool like, way to. All of those little things. Yeah. So, and then when he fights himself yeah. too, it's like, when, ah, it's so perfect. When he says, I can do this all day. And he says, yeah, yeah. Okay. I know. <laughs> yeah, and, I know. And all the little Captain America bits were so like, I don't know. I never enjoyed him as so much as I did in this movie. 
um that that was all fun yeah. uh paul rudd got to paul rudd around quite a bit um yeah i thought okay. he got to be more <laughs> paul rudd in this than any of the ant-mans which i uh, i thought i thought my fa- one of my favorite moments in the whole movie was a paul rudd moment and it was when um he was like grossly shoving lettuce into the taco <laughs> and then the, the shit blew all the taco fillings. You get go to Taco Bell and you open it, and the fillings are never in your taco. <laughs> so that's it. Was just too real. It was too real for a Marvel movie. It was the realest thing in the movie. <laughs> but the, but and then, then the whole shares it's, his. Tacos. It's interrupted by a spaceship. The realest, the realest, most mundane possible th- thing in the movie is interrupted by a spaceship showing up. With a cyborg and a rat talking, and then and then the Hulk replaces his taco because he's a friendly scientist Hulk. What a ridiculous thing I just said. Also, Paul Rudd can sure take a missile because he got hit directly with that missile. He turned out just fine. I guess he he shrunk. I guess, but when I saw that, I'm like, oh, did they just kill off Ant Man? But oh, but I want to also say, in terms of like just completing really good story arcs, just when when Spider Man comes back and like yeah. Tony Stark just gives him a hug and it's just like, oh my well, god. Well, that was per- that was another like I think that's another callback from when he's in the limo yeah. oh, and yeah. like Spider Man goes in for the hug. Like, like there's so many of those things that I know I'm missing. That like if I had just watched a movie before this, one of the other movies, mm-hmm. there's probably direct line callbacks. I know there's, there's some, a, uh, but I'm sure I'm missing some. Spider Man says. Uh, he tells the suit to go into kill mode, which he ac- he accidentally oh, yeah. puts it in in Spider-Man Homecoming, and then he turns it off. Oh, really? Yeah. And because the eyes turn red, and he's like, "No, no, no, no! Don't go into kill mode." And oh, then yeah, in yeah, this, yeah. he does, and it just stabs everybody. <laughs> yeah. that, that was fantastic. <clears throat> A little out of character, but well, I, I don't. So, I don't know if he knew that was going to happen. He's a kill mode. He's got <laughs> he's got twenty thousand <laughs> monsters trying to. What, what do you What do you mean? I mean, Spider-Man what would you do, Chris? Are you gonna Spider-Man Are you gonna stick to your no killing kill morals when yes. fifty bad guys are trying to rip your head off? Okay, Chris. Yes, I can't when wait. You know something will happen when you say kill mode that will probably help you. You're not gonna <laughs> no, say because it. you got to stick to your morals. You're gonna die. You do. You're gonna die so that those fifty bad demons can live. All right, yeah. Chris. <laughs> uh, but it, one thing I do have a note. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but I I found I I wish there had been payoff for that I didn't really see was uh between rocket and groot right because at the oh, end yeah. at the end of infinity war right there's that moment where Groot basically calls him dad right yeah i would i actually and, just in general wanted wanted a little bit more groot but we got we got yeah, plenty yeah. in the last and that's a balancing act too is it's like they have to go okay we have a obscene amount of characters now how much got a lot of screen time in the last one and who didn't get any and who needed more and that that's yeah, just the like, casualty of the movie right we got enough groot <clears throat> like i thought we were gonna get vision back in some oh way. yeah that, that it's funny happen. he's the only character that didn't come back right and yet he's gonna be a part of the scarlet witch show well the, yeah there's a lot of talk intriguing. about the logistics of how that show is gonna work and i don't want to go too far off topic but you know shuri was working on his brain so there and there's yeah. some talk about how like the 1950s as a time period is involved and a lot of people are saying that TV show is going to be a lot of like simulations and like Wanda going through memories in the computer and weird stuff like that. And that so huh. it it's too early to tell how they're gonna what they're gonna do with Vision. But yeah, I was surprised. And I did, but the thing is, I didn't realize it until a full day later. I was like, hey, wait a second, Vision was barely even mentioned. You know, I they I mean they didn't mention him. It was Wanda just vaguely said we both lost someone. Right. Like that's pretty much right. But man, what a payoff for her. Oh yeah, that was fun. That was fun. She had her accent back in this um, movie. It's been a while. Good. Yeah, I don't quite understand that. 
Five years of napping will bring back your accent. Um, also, like you were mentioning the captain stuff, and obviously the callback to the dancing and stuff, and just his character in general. I just really love how it was, it was basically him and Iron Man, um, and how both of our paths diverged, and how they were kind of the opposite ends of the spectrum, where Cap was trying to find a life form. Like, mm-hmm. like that's what his whole point was. Like, you got to find something for yourself, something worth living for. And Iron Man had found that. And now, and just basically that conversation with his dad, where he says, I hope he's better than me. And he does. He becomes better than him. He's able to put the greater good in front of his own self-interest. And, like, things like that where, like, yeah, that's just good storytelling. But I don't know. The way it's been built up over... 10 years right and how he's still tony stark but he's a far cry from the same tony stark Absolutely. in 2008 yeah yeah that's so like all that stuff and nice and i don't know i i couldn't help but like you know little nostalgia like i am iron man the thing that began it all mm-hmm. right like i don't know yeah but, yeah I that was it. great that was the best callback because that was the yeah. thing that you know when iron man came out in 2008 and that's the that was the ending of the movie like we, we yeah. all of our brains were trained in superheroes have to have secret identity mode and it was, that was such yeah. a it's, it seems quaint now but that was such a mind-blowing thing like what and then the roll credits and yeah, what, yeah. boy and and it set the tone for the decade that came after exactly they're just crazy um what other? I, I can't think of any other small things off the top of my head in terms of callbacks, but they were littered. Oh yeah, you, you could. We um, could do an entire podcast just on callbacks yeah. if I could remember. Um, them, but yeah, but one other thing that I thought. So as much as the film was just a celebration of twenty-one films, callbacks, and character moments, and all this stuff that has been built up, I think in some way, not in some ways, in every way, like it's as much a callback to all the filmmakers that have built up this. Oh universe, yeah, right. Obviously, the Russo brothers, obviously. But, I mean, back to, like, callbacks to Whedon and uh, uh, Brana and Gunn mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, Favreau and Waititi. Like, like this is it's as much about those filmmakers and the culmination that these people, you know, from on the other side of the camera have built up. And, it, I don't know, it, it's easy to kind of forget that when you're in the moment and immersed in this world. But just it's crazy how much has been built up as much as the Avengers is this motley crew of like raccoons and pegasuses and spider people. And like the filmmakers are just as crazy as a team as the Avengers. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite an accomplishment. It's like I said, I never thought I would work. Gilderoy Lockhart. Yeah, that he said that. Brana, Kenneth Brana. Oh, I thought you said Eric Bana. No, he didn't do. No, he didn't. We're not. We're not counting his contributions. Um, <laughs> I think we need to. You won't like it when he's hungry. Uh, when he's hungry. That's what he says. He says, you he won't says? like me when I'm hungry in that movie. Have you seen it? Do you remember it? I remember it. Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> um, Have you guys watched that movie, though, recently? The amount of, like, split screens and, like, nonsensical ridiculousness you, in that movie. Are you talking about... I have not no, watched it. Are you talking about the one with... Oh, yeah, that, that's the Eric Bono one, the Ang Lee one, right? Yeah. Yeah, where it's like there's like weird split screens and then like the screens just dissolve. It's like they just had they had like iMovie and just went with well, it and just like threw all these dissolves. Angley is a so is actually a good director and has made a lot of good movies. And I think probably he overthought that movie. That's my that's my 
my always been my take like oh i'm making a superhero movie i better it's a comic book i better i think he just overthought it but that's neither here nor there yeah. um I want, if, yeah, do I'm you have, if you don't have any more talking points i have we could transition into something else if you want or well i was gonna ask maybe this is what you're gonna sure. get to but what do you guys think of the future like i don't want to get too much in this because i do think this is the end period well with maybe another sentence after it, but it is the end period. But there are a few things that I think might be worth mentioning, and that is, if nothing else, some of the character deaths. Besides everyone who vanished, obviously, there were actually, like, so people who are dead. Loki is, de- is dead, even though he's, he's in fact, he's, and then alternate. The new version of Loki of Infinity yes. War died. True. Gamora died. True. The version of Infinity War. So actually, in Guardians 3, it's going to be a Gamora that, has not interacted with any of them. That's kind of interesting. I, I think guess. that's extremely interesting. Um, that's the thing I'm most looking forward to yeah. at this point. But yeah, anyway, uh, Vision is dead. Black Widow is dead, which was kind of surprising because there's always that talk and speculation of a Black Widow movie. Black Widow movie is happening. I, know, I guess it starts still... filming in like yeah. a month. So this is my thought: is that if Cap's going back and returning all the stones, maybe when he returns the Soul Stone, um, she'll come back to life. No, oh. you can't. You can't adjust the timeline like that, Sean. No, Sean. I, but it doesn't adjust Sean, the timeline. I think she'll just be back. For I the think dead. it's going to be a prequel because I don't. I don't yeah, think okay. that it's a coincidence that they brought up uh, Budapest again in this movie. And the entire uh, internet, like if you look at fandom circles, yeah. are always like, "I want to know what happened in Budapest." And this is the first movie in a while that they brought it up. I think they deliberately right. wanted to remind us of what happened there because I think it's going to okay. be a prequel. That's um, good thought. Again, Budapest. Call yeah. back. It's but, already um, been confirmed to be a prequel. Oh, has it? I didn't. Oh, I don't yeah. know that. Um, yeah, and of course, it. Iron Man dead. But uh, like Did that, we... I mean, there are dead people. They didn't all come back to life magically happy. Yeah. Well, I, which was nice. I think because that was a big thing about the Marvel universe is that characters seem to just always find a way. Oh wait, I would be remiss if I didn't mention this. I was really surprised they didn't include Agent Coulson at all in this movie. She was in the last scene. Coulson. Oh, Agent Coulson, yeah. sorry. Yeah, you're right. Agent Coulson. Yeah. Yeah. Like, nothing at all. Like, he... I don't know. I just felt like... I, from right what now. I've heard, there's a lot of... um, There's a lot of drama at Disney between the people who run the TV Marvel and the people... Uh, like, it's Kevin Feige runs the the, stu- the movie studio, and Ike Perlmutter runs the TV universe. And from what I've heard, there's a ton of drama behind the scenes there, and it's always been very, like... There, it's There's a reason there's not a ton of crossover between the two universes um and which is why i was surprised to see uh original jarvis show up with peggy carter at the end because i think that's one of the few if not maybe the only where they they took a a a tv specific character and put it in the movies what a random character Mm -hmm. yeah well i mean they did use a lot of colson in uh captain marvel that's also true yeah he was in that like the whole movie so um you know we just saw him that's fine It, it is weird that if he's alive, nobody would tell the Avengers who are super upset about it. <laughs> Especially now that the world is crazy. And we, like, I can't imagine what the justification for keeping his death a secret is still now that the world is not nuts. You know, whatever. whatever. I don't know. Um, well, aside from character deaths, what do you guys think? So phase five, I don't it's know, whatever. Four, uh, it is next, I mean. like, So the speculation, and I don't know, is ex- mutants, which I think makes a lot of sense. I don't want to do mutants. There's potential there. I don't want, I don't want that? that at all. You don't no. want... Well, I, I, but do you think it... I'm not, even if you don't want it, do you think it's where they're going? No. 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 What do you think? I what think, do you think, so? I think, well, like I said, uh, 
a lot of TV projects are in the works, like a whole lot of TV projects for Disney Plus. Yeah. And a lot of them involve old characters. I think at least half of those are going to be prequels and or they're going to take place in the time gap. Remember we talked on Captain Marvel, there's like a giant time gap that thinks. Yeah. I think they're going to probably take advantage of some of that. Um, one of the TV shows is the Loki show. And uh, it was yeah. vague about whether Loki, I mean, he, it, it looks like he's still alive possibly. And, and a it, version it, of Loki is alive with the Tesseract. Right. Um, so. And so that could be the jumping off point to the Loki show or it could, or the Loki show could be another prequel. We don't know. Um, yeah. I, I find that interesting. Um, I don't know. What would you guys prefer? Would you guys prefer the Loki show be a prequel or that he survived? Cause you, you were saying Vince, you were saying that these deaths seem permanent. I don't think there's a single death that can't be undone still. I think in some random wacky roundabout way. I mean, I think vision's brain is still in the computer in Wakanda Tony's... T- yeah, I mean, he's a robot, yeah. so I don't really count him as a person. I think Iron Man's the one they can't undo. Dar- Iron, Man. Iron Man has come back in the they comics as a... As, Robert Downey. I'm just saying, I, I think in the... I don't think they will. I don't will. think they will, I, I but think. I think they could, because Iron Man has come back as a hologram. Captain America well, has come back after being old as being injected by magic serum to turn him young again. So, all yeah, of, but I guess what I'm saying is, they might bring Iron Man back, but they won't bring Robert Downey Jr. It won't be Tony oh, Stark. sure. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I... I wonder, like, who are they going to have taking the reins? Is it Pepper Potts? Well, uh, I think they're going to phase out all of that. I think it might be, you know, um, Falcon and War Machine. Like, I just don't know if people are so attached to those characters. And that's why I think, to me, the mutants make a lot more sense. Because people are more attached to, like, the X-Men characters. They're more recognizable. Like, people are attached to... John Cheadle because he's been in these films, but no one really cares about War Machine. But people will go to the movie. They're not going to go to the movies for War Machine. No one right. really cares, well, right? But they'll go to the movies for Wolverine. They'll go to the movies for you know Cyclops. How would you feel if they if they brought Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool? Well, into they've this? already said that they're not going to mess with Deadpool because Disney knows how much of a moneymaker that is, and they don't want to they don't want to alter the formula too much. So Deadpool's looking yeah. like, from what I've read, is still going to happen in much the same way that we know it as, but. You know, I, I don't want him. I wouldn't mind if Deadpool had his movie and things from the MCU showed up in his movie, but I don't think I want him in the main series showing up acting mm-hmm. like a clown. Yeah. I don't know. That's my personal preference. And it's similar with X Men. Like, I think eventually they'll do X Men somehow, and I, and I'm glad that X Men will have will be getting a reboot because I'm this this Fox X Men universe has gotten stale a long time ago. But it doesn't really make sense story-wise, because X-Men has always assumed that mutants have been around since, like, humans have been around. Yeah. And I just don't know how... I was kind of hoping for a little bit more timeline tomfoolery in this movie to explain how you would incorporate X-Men. Because you can incorporate everything from the Fantastic Four universe really easily. In fact, some of the stuff has already been... Like, the big giant skull from Guardians of the Galaxy is is whatever creature that Galactus is. Yeah. So... And then the Fantastic Four get their powers from an accident, so they can show up whenever the heck they want. Yeah. I think probably we're... If I had to guess, I think probably they'll focus on some more cosmic stuff, for one, because they've already been moving in that direction. But I think they'll probably focus on more of the Fantastic Four side of the the Marvel Universe for a while, while they figure out what to do with X-Men. Because X-Men's a tricky situation. 
I mean, I, I think I, yeah, maybe if they do it slow instead of X Men, and they have all the characters, they gradually introduce some like one at a time or something. Well, they could very easily just do away with the notion that they've been around for all time and just have them be a result of something uh, uh, that's yeah. just now starting to mutate. Yeah, I thought about that. Like maybe after the snap, like maybe even that, like the snap and them coming back has some weird effect on people. I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Like that would be maybe an interesting way to kind of have ramifications moving forward. Yeah. With, with people. Yeah, that's true. But the point is they have to figure it out. They can't do, they yeah, can't they do, do X-Men yeah, one-to-one. Yeah. And as an X-Men fan, there's a lot of things inherently about how that story works that they would have to change that are the reasons why I like that, that series. You know what I mean? I feel, I feel like the, the Spider-Man movie is actually probably going to set not necessarily go directly into it, but potentially set it up. Because if you think about what the villains are supposed to be, right? Like those elemental guys or whatever. Sure. And then you also have Mysterio. Isn't Mysterio a mutant? No. Mysterio nah. is, uh, from what I understand, Mysterio. Chris, you're the ex- you're the Spider-Man guy. Um, Am I? I'm yes. more DC. I'm a Spider-Man guy? You've always been the Spider-Man guy. You're the only okay. one that liked Amazing Spider-Man 2. Um, but no, I think he's like a syndrome from Incredibles. I think he's like a, he's like a, from what I've read, he's like a a fake super guy and he makes, he uses special effects, like Hollywood special effects to make monsters appear so he can be a hero guy. And, uh, and, uh, I think that's the direction they're going in this movie too. And I think the elementals are all going to, I don't know, but I think it's all going to be like hallucinations and illusions that he makes so that he can play the hero. I think. I mean, my sister was okay. my sister was bringing up an interesting point about because we were talking about specifically home, home, uh, far from home, and she was saying like, oh, maybe it's a thing where he thinks that we need to project strength and we need to show the world that the superheroes are back and bring positivity to the world. But he, you know, he's all weird about how he goes about it. You know what I mean? Like it could be something like that. <clears throat> yeah, that's an that would be an interesting take. I think. That actually sounds more likely. Yeah, that would be that'd be yeah. an, a cool way to connect it to all everything that just happened without having it be so plot heavy that you could still watch it and enjoy it on its own. I think is probably, hopefully, I don't know. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what was was that? What you were going at, Chewy, about in terms of what's moving forward? Did you have no, I was. I was. The, I wanted to the, talk about just like the very few things that were left unresolved and what it might look like and also just what the future of the MCU would look like. I mean, I, we mentioned it earlier, but I'm really interested in the Gamora. Uh, the idea that they reset yeah. her character development, basically. Yeah. We know it's going to come back because he's looking for her. That's too big of a yeah, thing. Yeah. When something is that obviously spelled out in the MCU, we, it def- it always comes back. So um, yeah. I, I, thought, I think just the idea of a doing a sequel where, like you got to deal with the idea like, Oh, this is an alternate dimension version of my girlfriend. How do we, what do we do now? I think that's, and I think there's a lot of room for comedy in that situation too, which guardian series lends itself to. I think tonally, that's a great plot setup. I I think that's really exciting. I'm just remembering the ball joke in the movie. I forgot about that until you just right <laughs> he, he like quill has like two scenes in the entire movie one of them is the ball joke scene, and the other is the last like one of the last yeah. of thor yeah and people calling him an idiot which is really fun i think it kind of too because i think like everyone blamed infinity war on quill what's yeah. <laughs> up so this one they're just like yeah he's an idiot everyone knows he's an idiot. <laughs> uh, so it was kind of weird right so obviously there's that 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 line where iron man was like 
is this the one, right? And Doctor Strange is like, oh, if I told you it was the one, then it's not the yeah. one. But then at the end, he tells him he's the, it, he gives him the signs like, yeah, this is the one. This is the moment, right? It's just weird that Tony Stark knew immediately what to do in that moment. Yeah, not, not that weird. I think he gets it because it's like, he probably thought, okay, why would Doctor Strange give up the stone even when he said earlier in Infinity War that if it became between Tony and the Time Stone, he wouldn't mind sacrificing him. So Tony knew that he had to, he was integral to the one reality happening. Well, no, 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 he knew, but it, the moment he sees the signal, right, which he didn't know was coming, he sees Doctor Strange point the finger, right, one, he, mm-hmm. he immediately is like, I'm snatching those stones! I, get, right? I have he an answer jumps. for you. Okay. Doctor Strange foresaw that if he put his finger in the air, Tony would know what to do. Damn it. Sorry. That's good. It's the, That's good. it's the same reason why he knew that if he told him specifically too many details, it wouldn't work. There you go. It's beautiful. It's be- <laughs> they worked out those hand signals off screen. That works too. Yeah. <clears throat> or or it was arbitrary. He made a hand signal. Tony didn't even see it. He just made his decision as on a, on his own. It was a coincidence. We don't know. <laughs> oh, valid. Excellent. Um, yeah. Well... Uh, unless there's much else to say, let me end the discussion with this. Good. Mm-hmm. Let me pose this question to you guys. Time is out. this film, and by extension, the entire MCU, the greatest cinematic achievement? I don't mean the greatest films or the best films, but the greatest cinematic achievement? Uh, top three. Okay. I mean, that leaves me that, that leaves me non-committal. Like, it could be number one. I don't know. Definitely top three. I can't commit to that. I would say it is. I don't know. I, uh, I think I'm in the it is boat. I, I think it is. Uh, it was definitely the most ambitious and the most likely to fail. I'll say that. And yeah. the fact that it didn't makes it significant. I mean, like, it's just kind of a testament to how how much focus and effort they put into this. That the, I think this is the 23rd film. The 23rd. 22nd. Okay, 22nd film in like a cinematic universe would be the yeah. one I'm most excited to see. Like, yeah. How are you not tired by them? I, I, That's crazy. Yeah. How am I not yeah. tired? It doesn't make any sense. Like it really doesn't. There's I'm think tired. About how many other, <laughs> yeah, we all know you're tired. Chris. <laughs> I was waiting go, for you to go, say go, that, go Chris. Sleep. I just want you to know that's how predictable you've come in, in your hatred for Marvel. <laughs> I was like any second, Here's... three, two, one, I'm tired. <clears throat> you, you think that I hate Marvel. I don't hate Marvel. I'm using hate as shorthand. I know you don't hate it. <clears throat> I mean, shouldn't you be happy? Handman's your favorite Marvel character. Handman? Handman? It was all Ant-Man all the time, this movie. Wait, you guys, was there a Celery Man reference in there? Because I'm pretty sure there was. I'd have to see it again <laughs> specifically to look Didn't for it. did he drink Dang, a cup of coffee or something? It. And like sit at a computer? I'm pretty sure he did. Well, one of the Tim and Eric's, which was it, Eric? One of them showed up in Ant-Man 2. That's, I think, as close we're going to get. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Tim Heidecker. Uh, no, Tim, Tim Heidecker was up. the boat like tour guy. Yeah. Yeah. Just would have been so funny if like he was like sitting there with Tony Stark and he's like, All right, we have important work to do. Like he could have just thrown that line in there, Paul, like, you guys, this yeah. line's gonna work. Trust me, just let me say it. Uh old, yeah. Um well, I mean, yeah, I I I loved it. I know we had small issues with it, some more than others, but I I I just love this film. I mean Watching Spider-Man 
fly across the sky, attached to Mjolnir, getting saved by Valkyrie on a Pegasus <laughs> with a rocket. Like, like that whole scene, Nonsense. I don't think we yeah. I really fully reveled and appreciated, though. Just sheer, visceral, pure, like, entertain, like, not even entertainment, just like, I don't know. Nonsense. It was, gluttony. It was gluttonous, Nonsense. that whole scene. And then Ant-Man giantly punching <laughs> that space snake monster and like, like everything that was happening. It was like too much. It was just like, I can't, I don't have enough sensory input nodes on my body to fully appreciate <laughs> when, uh, what's when, happening in when front of me. Captain America finally says Avengers assemble and they start assembling and I'm like, yes. I can't see everybody. There's too <laughs> many of them. I can't but, see them all. Like, <clears throat> There are so many good, and I I would say this movie is fan service in like the best possible way. I, like, I mean, and they kept upping the ante because I remember thinking that for Civil War, like, oh my god, that fight scene in the airport I in Civil War, I, that's they're never going to. I thought top that, that for Avengers, and then Infinity, you're like, there's six yeah, of them. The there's event. six of them in a circle. <laughs> How do we? There are literally like forty three hero characters that are flying and like shrinking and running, like. I, I like I I think I even said to Ryan after because I saw it with Ryan the first time I saw it I was like they could have ended the film and that of that shot of both of the fronts of the battle clashing and ended the film right then and I would have walked out like on the <laughs> highest of possible highs you could walk like you're just it's just so like oh my god what's happening yeah. in front of me so you're saying the movie should have pulled a George Costanza and left on a high note <laughs> yes. just, just, just fade to right black there. right as the armies are charging. Uh, Sorry, I just wanted to inject yeah, we at had least to, we had some to fanboy just out a little full bit. joy fanboy how stuff. Many, how many we people got two that, discussions. How many people thought that they were going to kill Captain America in that fight? I did. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I kind of suspect a little. Like that scene, also that shot of him standing alone. Oh, I want that my desktop. forces of evil. I, I want that like, as my computer desktop. Uh, that shot is incredible. Yeah. I can't was, wait for a 4K very, screenshot. <laughs> it was very reminiscent of, and Chewie and Chris, you're not going to understand this. When Jon Snow is standing there and yeah. Ramsay's army is charging in the Battle of the Bastards, Sean. I mean, it has the same. I mean, all, hey, whatever film language. you're talking about, but any Sorry. like it has that same. Just like th- those are the things you go. That's what I'm talking about. When you when you go to the films, you want to believe the impossible, and yeah. by God, it did it in this film. That's what yes. I like. I can't think of a better praise than like, yeah, I believed every freaking second of whatever craziness was happening on screen i was there yeah i was there for it i came out for it pegasus pegasus yeah. and all what a what a spectacle <laughs> i was not ready Gee, i'm glad i'm glad i was able to save you from getting spoiled i appreciate that oh um, yeah we had we had a communication group chat faux pas but thank you i appreciate that i went in unspoiled miraculously I, yeah, I, I had to wait four too. whole days to see it uh which first world problems, but still, I, 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 I felt like everybody on Facebook was posting about seeing it like on Thursday night. And I'm like, oh man, how am I going to, how yeah, am I going to make it <laughs> to the end of the weekend? But I, miraculously, did I did it. it and it was a good time. What a good time. We're almost at the two hour mark. So we should probably be making some yeah, final remarks here. Yeah, let's, let's wrap, wrap it up. up. Yeah. Um, well, uh, coming up, I think Vince and Ryan and I are avid Game of Thrones fans and watchers. So, I think we're going to try to do a Game of Thrones or episode Knock or two. Knock yourselves out. Yeah. As we are in the finals. This weekend, by the way, was just a, another gluttonous weekend <laughs> in pop culture entertainment. Like, if, you know, Game of Thrones episode aired that was maybe arguably one of the most epic episodes of television ever <laughs> filmed, aired, and seen. And Avengers Endgame came out the same weekend. It's pretty like, crazy. Yeah, it's pretty well, crazy. Uh, 
The most um, significant thing coming then, up next is Detective Pikachu, because, you know... I am actually really... Within pumped. a month, so, you're going to get the finale of the Marvel Universe, the finale of Game of Thrones, yeah. and the curse breaker for the video game movie genre. Yes. We're getting the curse breaker. Oh. What an age we live in. What you an really age think we it'll be in for entertainment. There was an article I shared with I'm my the... sister. I think it was on Collider. But the title of the article is Early Reactions to Detective Pikachu Imply It Might Be the Curse Breaker. That was the name of the article. <laughs> So yeah. so think wow. so think about this. So we have Detective Pikachu. The week after that we have John Wick 3. The week after that we have Aladdin. The week after that is Godzilla. Well, it's the season. We're here. I mean, we're we're at the I mean, we're a couple days till May is the official start of summer as far as Hollywood's concerned. So we're just on its doorstep here and we're we're going to have stuff every week. I think. Also, did everybody everybody get to see that uh that Godzilla preview yeah. before yeah. the movie? Yeah, I was nuts. I I am honestly really looking forward to that movie. I can go I can go either way. Uh, I don't know, I'm kind of indifferent on it, but we'll see. Uh, I'm I speaking of movies that a lot of people are indifferent on. I'm excited about. I'm like actually super excited for Aladdin. Um, I realize that because there's no stakes at all. Like if they screw up this movie, yeah. who cares? But I actually have come to the point where I think Will Smith as genie is inspired brilliant per- perfect casting regardless if this movie's good or bad so um i'm excited for that one pikachu what else we got coming up what about lion king? i'm not the thing is that lion king is too i'm too emotionally attached to lion king and I, it's it's far <laughs> it's far more likely that the, that movie's going to disappoint <coughs> they'll mess and you'll and be I'll, disappointed so you can't you can't get your heart also just like those hyper film. cg realistic looking cg animals yeah. just don't emote enough for me to like get emotionally invested in them i think it is really weird it's like a live action lion king but all cg like what's this, the point it, like just make it another cg if it's going to be that hyper realistic i don't i'm not going to be able to take it seriously if they're singing a, a, a sad ballad and it's a weird you know what i mean like that's why i think that yeah, yeah, aladdin no, is campy enough and goofy enough and that like i feel like it has a better chance of being entertaining than lion king does yeah. but there's yeah, a lot yeah, to look fun. forward to i mean it's a it's a jam-packed summer there's a lot to look forward to um well chewy before you do your promo i wanted to at least mention that because we always complain that no one does this and we actually have someone who did this time so i would be remiss if we did not mention it on the air at the end of the episode but we got an email we got an email from a listener it's short and sweet i'm gonna read it um we could address it but i would say let's think about it we can maybe address the next episode but anyways this is from lee white who is a friend of mine um uh, anyways, so subject, hey, how you doing? Question for ne- for your next podcast, if you so desire. You spent much of the Us episode discussing how many problems there were, the pl- were with the plot and the world the film built. But you ultimately, y'all ultimately still seem to like it a lot. Why did this film get the benefit of the doubt with those numerous issues when many others might not? I'll take my answers off the air. Thanks. So we don't have to answer it. He says off the air, so the air. we should not talk about it on there. Just... Yeah, I, I don't know. He doesn't want us to talk about it. Oh, okay. It. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, we can talk about it if you want, but we could also message him or talk to him personally. Okay. Um, I, Anyways, uh, but thank you for writing you. me. Yeah. Uh, and we hope others will write. I think we promised something if like five people wrote. So we have one email. Four more pe- four more emails to go until whatever we <laughs> whatever. promised. We have to go back and listen to whichever episode to figure out what <laughs> yes. we promised. Uh, no, but seriously, thanks for writing me. Uh, and please, other people, write. We will read it if you write. Yes, we so. will, because nobody else is. So you, you're you guaranteed. You're first in line. All right. 
But uh, does anyone have any initial thoughts to his question? If we want to, we don't. Have uh, to things aren't black and white, and I think finding criticisms is more of an issue. There's more meat to talk about with those conversations, and no movie's perfect. So, I mean, it, I think sitting there and fanboying is fun sometimes. But um, if it's a given that the movie's good, I think it it's more worth our time to spend it on the areas that can be improved. I think it, it makes for better conversation. That's my perspective. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, like, like, we do that, because, I mean, like, when you're sitting down watching a film, it's, like, kind of like your emotions are at the forefront, and not so much your analytical mind, and so, like, you can react to what you're visually seeing, but then when you have time to think about it, as in, like, when we have our discussions, we think we're we're talking about the plot, and that's when you can kind of, you discuss those inconsistencies, or you start having questions about why characters did what they did, and that's not necessarily to say that you hated the movie, it's just then trying to you know analyze it as critically as you can and you know as in-depth as you can and that's that's why we Plus, do it and i think it, you can only really do it with with well-made films i think in a in a good way right i mean if a movie is a train wreck where do you start but yeah i agree with everything you yeah. said and also just we all have different brains so somebody's going to bring up a perspective that you're never going to bring up on your own so it's you know it's yeah. good to bounce off each other and yeah pick these things apart it's fun to pick things apart it's fun it is. We've been doing it a long time. Yes. Mostly about cartoons, but whatever. All right. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, uh, if there's nothing else, I'll go ahead and we're really almost at the two hour mark now. So, uh, and yeah, I think, we did. and yes. we did a really. If any film deserves it, I think. Oh, yeah. Like it's, is... it's 11 years in the making, so why not? But I'll go ahead and uh, put this episode out of its misery, I think, right? Um, okay. Time ice. Time ice. Kill Time it ice. Kill it if you have to. Um, all right, so this has been after the credits a Yum Chunks podcast. Uh, we are listened to Ubble on the original Yum Chunks YouTube channel. Uh, we're also able to be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Radio Public, and a few other ones that I always forget about. But the point is, if you Google Yum Chunks podcast, you can listen to us on probably whatever your favorite podcast outlet is. Uh, if you want to reach us, leave a comment on any of those that have comment sections, or email us at yumchunks at gmail.com whatever you whatever you feel like questions comments criticisms we can do that and that is the episode go ahead wanted, yeah one i think we're gonna try to get on stitcher too i've got i've gotten requests from other friends that that's a common thing that we should try to get on so we're gonna look into that hopefully this episode if not this episode the next okay. one will be on great stitcher. cool well that's it that's the episode guys uh vince say say, say goodbye sign us off Say something funny. Say something scrappy, Vince. Sometimes you're a raccoon, and other times you, you're making sandwiches with War Machine. That is a... Good night, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> this has been... After the Credits. A Young Chunks Podcast.